Blog Talk Radio. Doing this thing all the way live. High Frequency Radio. Johannesburg, 
But I think you young folks need to know that things don't go both ways. You can't talk respect on every other song or just every other day. What I'm speaking on now is the raps about the women folks. On one song, she's your African queen, and on the next one, she's a joke to you. And you ain't said no words that I haven't heard, but that ain't no compliment. It only insults eight people out of ten and questions your intelligence. Four-letter words or four-syllable words won't make you a poet. It will only magnify how shallow you are and let everybody know it. And if they look at you like they think you're insane or they call you scarecrow thinking you ain't got no brain or start telling folks that you suddenly gone lame or that the white folks have finally co-opted your game or you really don't know, they said that about me a long time ago. If they finally start telling people that you lost your nerve, that's what they said about Johannesburg. You ain't insane. You have got a brain. You haven't gone lame. You have got your game. Remember, keep the nerve. Keep the nerve. Keep the nerve. Keep the nerve. We're talking about peace. Corporation with 
wealth is the emphasis. Prison industrial complexes, slave businesses, stock market interested. The reason that they build them in advance is because they know eventually they're gonna fill them. Orchestrated a system to incarcerate your children and project future inmates based on that to make millions. You don't see it, but it's right there in front of you. Left side, right side, over you and under you. You don't see it, but it's right there in front of you. And it won't be The real power is always the entity you don't see Consciously Planet in your head is where it wants to be Thousands of media powers owned by three companies 85% of the whole planet in darkness Spend millions on sports teams while the homeless are starving Nobody wants to protest, rally a picket But it's a line around the corner for them concert tickets Soldiers dying every day, you keep sending them out I want to send 5,000 killers to Zimmerman's house the Rockefellers in the Bush family in the same box, G. Henry Ford, all of them supported the Nazis. Members of the Tea Party still telling black jokes. You wearing the clothes, but the designer hates black folks. Reporters want to get dirt, sound bites and excerpts. CNN must mean corrupt news network. Lost every dime you had, riding with the wrong stock. Made in USA is dead, China got it on lock. Lost your 401k and all the paper you was holding. Cause you invested in something somebody else was controlling. They make it go up or down, rise high, fall deep. The market's manipulated by people on Wall Street. Talk about the Middle East like America's errorless university campus and movie theater terrorists. True devilish temperament. The government is infamous. Ask them what they do to Guantanamo Bay prisoners. They dominate the airwaves and lie to the listeners. Presenting false information intended to condition us. The black man's thinking Slavery is the evidence. Most don't understand what the Willie Lynch let them in. Centuries of self-hate and division of blacks. Now they twist the difference between racism and fact. We read the Declaration of Independence with blinders. There were nine Freemasons among the 56 signers. In 1870, along came the Shriners, a higher order of masonry with a secret behind them. The sword on the logo, it speaks for itself, meaning anyone who tells the secret is put to death. Who is Hiram Abyss? What's his true identity? The devil's agenda be to kill us mentally continually. The wolf in sheep's clothing who fabricated divinity. The enemy who murders through lies, science, and chemistry. Trickery and industry. For power they forever plot. You went to war to fight for a freedom that you never got. Dirty chess moves executed by the hidden hand. Now they plotting on a way to go to war with Iran. Same game used again. Same wicked methods born. Just like Paul Wolfowitz had done before Desert Storm The government is broke, they can't cater to your needs Planned Parenthood persuading to kill your future seeds The school system misleads, they money-hungry savage vultures If you chase the greed, you better get you one in agriculture Now it's questions in the music, are you in that other mix? Why the hell you covering your eyes and throwing up the sticks? Did you give your soul away, a price that you cannot afford? Did you take from Satan what you could have got from the Lord? God is DNA, baffling it might seem, his existence is rooted in the number 19, his origin comes from where the mathematics say it's from, D the fourth letter, N is 14 and A is 1, who prevailed in the end, the 
divine or the evil This war that's going on is for the minds of the people Calamities keep increasing, world confusion bound and deep And nobody can take control of their surroundings if they sleep in don't see it, but it's right there in front of you Left side, right side, over you and under you You don't see it, but it's right there in front of you Right side, left side, over you and under you You don't see it, but it's right there in front of you Left side, right side, over you and under you You don't see it, but it's right there in front of you Peace, 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 peace to the gods, peace to the gods.
check it, man. Give you some of this, man. Just hold her in due course. Give you a little bit of the meaning, real quick. Check it. Over five years, man, it's illegal. It's a crown in the fee simple estate. Rule 17, I'm coming in as the G. Open the books up when they dusty. Got a 3% interest for my trustees. Held a meeting with the chance floor. Got a 9 8 for my son, the grantor. Pushing all this paperwork, my hands sore. I don't make a contract with a landlord. Business on the private side, I'm foreign. I don't go to court and entertain the argument I'm above the hypocrites and jargon Now the prosecutor trying to make a bargain Hoping I don't call upon the cavalry Cause we can go to the ocean and deal with amity While I'm making prayer with my shoes off Endorsing all these instruments to hold her in due course This is what you do if you living in New York DBA 130 hold her in due course in the temple, make a prayer with my shoes off. Rule 17, I'm gonna hold her in due course. This is what you do if you living in New York. DBA 130, hold her in due course. In the temple, make a prayer with my shoes off. Rule 17, I'm gonna hold her in due course.
Okay. I don't know what is going on with blog talk. I'm telling you right now, I don't know what is going on. I, 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 there's another number called in to the, to the host. You know, it's like, I can't even, I couldn't even get in on the line and everything. Hopefully everybody can hear me now. Let me do a mic check. Everybody hear me? All right. All right. Sound check, check, check. Okay. I had to do something different. I don't know what is going on with uh, blog talk today. It's weird. But anyway, I had to call in from a different line, so that's uh, what happened. All right, peace, peace, everybody. Apologize for that this morning. All right, sound check good. Sound check good. Everybody in the uh, in the chat room can hear me. All right, I right, just do it. Just, just make sure everybody can hear me before I go now. If people, I can't hear. I can't hear. Loud and clear. All right, cool, cool, cool. All right, cool. All right, today, as I was talking earlier, we are doing, talking about administrative process today. And like I was saying, I want to talk about it because I feel like it's a subject that everybody, you know, has trouble with. A lot of people have trouble with this particular subject. And there was a um, verse from the Bible. I don't know if y'all heard me, but I'm going to read it again. That when I first got into this, I read that just kind of like really just puzzled me that this was in the Bible. And that is Matthew 525 that talks about settling matters with your adversary quickly was taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way or your adversary may hand you over to the judge and the judge may hand you over to the officer and you may be thrown into prison. I tell you, you will not come out until you paid the very last penny. Now. This was a very interesting verse to me out of the Bible because, you know, I was studying this secure party stuff. I'm finding out that it's about debtor-creditor relations and, you know, that you're being held in in prison on something like a statute merchant type deal. And I'm like, wow, this must have been going on for a long time because it was written about 2,000 years ago. You know, the book of Matthew was written around uh, 49 A.D., 45, between 45 and 49 AD. So I'm like, wow, you know, it's like they were doing this back then. But the key to the whole thing was agree with your adversary or settle matters with your adversary quickly. Now, in court or any type of thing, whether it's civil or criminal, um, you know, what you want to avoid is an argument. I You don't want to have an argument. That is the biggest thing that a lot of people, even when they go to court, all the people who call me and want to talk to me, the number one thing I see with them is that everything they're doing is in some way challenging the court, whether it's challenging jurisdiction, I'm not this person, um, you know, asking certain kind of questions or something like that, which I'm not saying that none of those things are, aren't, you know, aren't feasible or, or, or effective. However, these are things that secure parties don't do. One of the number one things a secure party does not do is doesn't foster an argument. Because when you have an argument now, you have created something that can be adjudicated in a jury or bench trial, because that's what a jury and bench trials for. They are fact-finding uh, type of uh, proceedings. 
okay? It's like, okay, well, we're going to have an argue over what the facts are. So before we can get to the law, we have to establish what the facts are. And we see that both of you uh, seem to be unable to stipulate uh, to exactly everything that is in the charging instrument. So let's, let's take care of that first, and then we'll get to the law and see uh, how that goes. So that's what everybody's going through. I, when the first thing you say is, I'm not, I'm not contesting any facts. Like you've all heard me say, I go into the courtroom. I am the holder in due course. Here is a third party intervener making a special appearance as an authorized representative for the defendant. I accept for value and return for value all the charging instruments in this matter and make my exemption as principal available for discharge of all obligations and charges connected with this case. I do not dispute any of the facts contained in the charging instrument. Please use my exemption for offset and adjustment against the public charges against the defendant and release the order of the court to me immediately. That is a way of saying, look, I'm not arguing anything. I understand the nature of this action. I know it's a debt collection. I know there isn't any money in circulation. You can't require me to pay any particular debt with any form or any species of cash or currency, anything like that. I'm going to be using my private credit. Uh, as a matter of fact, it, I'm, uh, I'm uh, giving you or, or tendering my private credit in the form of a negotiable instrument. You can use that to put on your books to set off the obligation. Now, if anybody has any doubt about that, I've already talked about this quite extensively. I have a video on YouTube where I'm talking about it. Um, what they're doing is what's called an attachment, a writ of attachment. It's an attachment lien. Okay, and the attachment lien um, is where they put a lien against you, okay, when they find you guilty of something. And a lien is the evidence of a debt. And when there's evidence of a debt, they can create a bond, they can pull them together, discount them, sell them, do whatever. And this is how they're funding the municipalities and the government. Right? You got to think about this. There isn't any money. There is no money. Federal Reserve notes are, is not money. It is a medium of exchange. And it's just one of different kinds of medium. We got Bitcoin now. We got, you know, we got all kinds of things that are out there circulating uh, that constitute forms of money. A promise to pay is a medium of exchange. A bond is a medium of exchange. They are not the only people that can write bonds. You can write bonds as well. Think about this for a second. Think about, think about what I'm talking about. Read Article 3 of the UCC. Do you see anywhere in Article 3 of the UCC that it tells you that you got to use Federal Reserve notes? All right. There's nothing in there that talks about that. So you got to think, okay, do I have the capacity to write a negotiable instrument? And the answer is, yes, you do. However, you can't use somebody else's system to route instruments through. Okay? Let me, let me pause real quick. There is a, um, there is a, uh, a story. It's in the uh, Behold a Pale Horse by William Cooper. And there's also a video on the internet that talks about this. Behold a pale horse by William Cooper. And why am I talking about this uh, this document? I there's a story in this particular um, document. Everybody should read if you're thinking about using Federal Reserve notes, and you're putting 
rowdy numbers on the instruments. All right, now, who was Jonathan May? Jonathan May was an individual who um, uh, he had inherited some land. Um, he was a very astute businessman. He understood trust, very, very knowledgeable about trust. And he created a system um, where his instruments, he started issuing instruments that were backed by the mineral deposits in his land, like gold and silver and things of that nature. And even though he hadn't um, taken it out of the land, okay? And this was the uh, first, he's the first person, he's the author of Land Banks, okay? And his name, they just stole his idea and started using it and started creating what are called Land Banks. All right, now, what he did was, and when you really read this story, I mean, it got, I mean, this guy is real sharp. Um, you can learn a lot about, about what we're talking about, just reading, just reading his story. And in this book, in Behold a Pale Horse, he puts his story in here in the form of an affidavit. Now, I'm going to read just a little bit of it uh, to you. And then we're going to get back to this, uh, how this goes, how this ties into the administrative process, because with the administrative process, you're going to be using a negotiable instrument. A lot of people go into court and just say something or do something like that. Now, you got to follow that up with some sort of getting, giving them some sort of instrument um, to offset the obligation. Uh, if you can get the original matrix of the matter, now matrix mean the original that everything is taken from, okay, like an indictment. An indictment is a presentment, but they always give you a copy. They block, they block out the... Um, uh, the uh, the grand jury foreman's name and all of this, you know, you got a right to see that. You got to request that, you know, you got to request that, hey, I want to see that original uh, charging instrument because the original charging instrument is what they're going to send off and pool. And they don't want you writing anything on it. But if you write on there that, hey, uh, you sign it, put that you accept it for value and return for consideration, put your exemption number on there, there's nothing they can do about that. That's the original charging instrument. That's what you want to get a hold of. You can say, hey, look, I, can I see the original charging instrument for my personal inspection? That is what, um, um, there's a little video on YouTube, uh, Dorothy Gale, you know, from the Wizard of Oz, a little a video. Those Dorothy Gale videos, whoever putting them out is very, very knowledgeable. It's a very, very knowledgeable individual, uh, uh, individuals putting out the Dorothy Gale videos. But you should check that out because she has some videos where she discusses that. I have all the Dorothy Gale videos, um, a lot of them, on my YouTube page. You can go to my YouTube page right there on my homepage, and you'll see um, I got a playlist of Dorothy Gale videos. I would strongly suggest that you take some time and not get thrown off of the fact that there's a little cartoon character um, because the individuals that are behind those cartoon characters are very knowledgeable and very wise. So let's go into this. It says the story of Jonathan May. Jonathan May attempted to free us from the shackles of the Federal Reserve by creating an alternate banking system with instruments backed by land, raw materials, mineral deposits, oil, coal, timber, and other wilderness holdings. Jonathan aided Governor Connolly and the Hunt brothers in their effort to corner the silver market. The silver would have been used to create a Bank of Texas issue of real money. This would have destroyed the Federal Reserve had the hunts been successful. When the world bankers realized what was happening, they destroyed Connolly, the Hunt brothers, Jonathan May, and Texas. The Federal Reserve entrapped Mr. May. Now, this is the part I want y'all to pay attention to. Right, how did they get jurisdiction over this man? 
who was issuing private instruments backed by actual uh, goods, uh, well, you know, commodities. The Federal Reserve entrapped Mr. May by intentionally routing his credit instruments, notice they call them credit instruments, through the Federal Reserve against the terms clearly stated upon those instruments, instead of through Mr. May's alternate system. Jonathan May was illegally arrested, illegally tried, and illegally imprisoned in the federal prison at Terry Hunt, Indiana. The world power structure has stolen Mr. May's idea, which will be used as a banking system of the New World Order and is known as the World Conservation Bank. Jonathan has served four years of a 15-year sentence. All right, so right here, when you read this, he starts off his affidavit, I swear by Almighty God that the evidence I now give is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, to the best of my knowledge, belief, and recollection. I do so swear under the penalty of perjury under the laws of the United States of America, so help me God. And he starts off with his affidavit, and he starts giving you the story of how he came into this knowledge, how he uh, put together these trusts. He had like about 3,999 different trusts, um, how they were utilized, um, the the credit instruments that were created, how he didn't encumber all the credit instruments, very, very well thought out, very, very, uh, um, uh, I mean, I didn't see anything wrong. I couldn't find anything wrong with it. But the thing that they got him on is that the routing of the instruments, they routed the instruments through their banking system instead of through his alternate system. So in a secure party process, that's what you're doing. You're routing your instruments through an alternate system, but you are using the mail system. This is why you're using registered mail. The registered nine-digit registered mail number is akin to a QSIP number. It is nine digits, okay, an internet or an ISIN number, okay? It's nine digits long, okay? That number is used to track where that instrument is, uh, instrument is being sent to. Whoever comes into possession of that instrument is a holder. They are not a holder in due course because along with that instrument, you should have a UCC3 attached to it, giving them notice that you are the holder in due course of that instrument and there is a claim against that instrument. All right? This prevents them from stealing your instrument because you put a claim on it. I, they steal instruments because they don't have a notice of claim. All you have to do is read you, in the UCC an article. Let me read this to you real quick. You got to understand this stuff. This is very. I'm going to keep hammering this in your head until y'all understand it. So we start with UCC 3-302. Uh, which is holder in due course. All right, so in the hold and do course section, when we're looking at down, and let's just jump. Well, let's read it. UCC, this is the, this, everything starts with this. UCC 3-302. Subject to, and I'm reading subsection A. It says, subject to subsection C of section 3-106D, hold and do course means the holder of an instrument if, number one, the instrument, when issued or negotiated to the holder, I does not bear such apparent evidence of forgery or alteration or is not otherwise so irregular or incomplete as to call into question its authenticity. Okay, number two, and this is the one you want to pay attention to. The holder, and the holder is the person who got the instrument from you. The holder is the person who got the instrument from you with notice that you are the holder in due course. 
if he doesn't get noticed that you are the holder in due course, he can become the holder in due course. So, and you, I want you to think about this and with your mortgage situation with promissory notes that you sign at the closing table and all that. Why you don't get checks back from the bank anymore. All these different things. Checks are negotiable instruments. You used to get them back. The reason you got them back is you were the holder in due course. But somewhere down the line, they feel like, well, I can give you a copy of it or something like that. But number two, it says the holder took the instrument, one, for value, for value. All right, so you're accepting something for value. Two, in good faith. All right, three, without notice that the instrument is overdue or has been dishonored or that there is an uncured default with respect to payment of another instrument issued as part of the same series, because it could be a series of uh, checks issued on it. Number four, without notice that the instrument contains an unauthorized signature or has been altered. So this is where everybody says that fraud is permissible under the UCC, because if somebody receives a negotiable instrument with a fraudulent signature and no one has noticed them that the signature is fraudulent, they can legally negotiate that to somebody else. They have to have have notice that the uh, signature is fraudulent. Number five. Without notice of any claim to the instrument described in section 3 306. All right, so there it is right there. In section 25 of UCC 3 302, you are told that if a holder comes into possession of a negotiable instrument, okay, and he does not have notice that there's a claim of the instrument, he can become the holder in due course. And that's in UCC 3 306, claims to an instrument. A person taking an instrument other than a person having rights of a holder in due course is subject to a claim of a property or possessory right in the instrument or its proceeds. Now notice something other than a holder in due course. If you are holding due course, you are not subject to any claims. I, I, if you're the holder, you are. So they're trying to become the holder in due course. I, because when they become the holder in due course, they're not subject to a possessory right, meaning they don't have to give you the instrument back. And they're not uh, subject uh, to any type of claim and recoupment, including a claim to rescind a negotiation and to recover the instrument or its proceeds. A person having rights of a holder in due course takes free of the claim to the instrument. So the key is that they are trying to become the holder in due course. And this is why they obfuscate everything and make everything, um, you know, like, okay, this person don't know the rules. They don't know how to play the game. He issuing an instrument. And he don't have notice of a claim on it. So now you say, well, they ignored my instrument. No, they ignore it. They stole it. It's like buying a $20 bill on the ground. I've given this, uh, I've given this analogy many times before. All right? It's like when you find a uh, $20 uh, a bill on the ground. Okay. And you, okay, let's say I'm walking down the street and I drop my $20 bill or well, no. Let's say somebody else is walking down the street in front of me, and they drop a twenty dollar bill on the ground. I pick it up. They turn around and see it, and they say, "Hey, man, that's my twenty dollar bill." I say, "Nah, I just found this on the ground. What's well, my twenty dollar bill?" And I start arguing with the person, doing an argument. Okay, I call over the police. I say, "Hey, look, man, this man, just, I dropped this twenty dollar bill on the ground. He took it." He said, "No, nah, I found this on the ground. Officer, it's not his." Well, do you have any proof that it was yours? Where's your proof of claim? And if I pull out well here, I got a uh, photocopy of it. I just made a photocopy of it. 
Well, now that's proof of claim because each one of these Federal Reserve notes have a unique serial number on them. And I show that to the officer. Now there comes the question. Well, sir, if this is not, if this is, you know, uh, you saying that it's not his, but here he has, he has a photocopy of it. He has proof of claim. Well, that's what you're doing. You need to have some sort of proof of claim. And your proof of claim is in the collateral description of the UCC3, you're putting the instrument number on there. You're giving a description of that instrument. And you are letting them know that, hey, this, I have a claim on it. I'm the holder in due course. You're doing the same thing with the birth certificate. When you make a copy of the birth certificate, you're putting it on a UCC-1. You're sending that package to the Treasury Department, that UCC-1, and that birth certificate. That's notice to them that you are the holder in due course. You're letting them know that, look, I have the birth certificate in my possession. I'm the holder in due course of it. This bond that I'm submitting to you, I'm the holder in due course of that, too, because I have that on, on my collateral description of my UCC-1. I'm giving you all of this so you become the holder of those particular instruments. It says right there down in on the face of the instrument that after 30 years, they have to return the instrument to you. That's what you do when you are the holder in due course. However, you've made, you've allocated any windfall from any interest that they receive off of that is you give that to the federal government. The principle remains with you because I'm using the principle to offset uh, uh, obligations in the public. So if you want to take this $100 million um, bond and put it on some sort of trading platform and make tons of money off of it, that's fine. I don't have any problem with that. That's my gift to you, federal government, because I know that you are broke. Uh, you don't have no money. You're $22 trillion in debt. Uh, you running around trying to figure out some kind of way to make all us look foolish. When you, uh, instead of asking us for help, you running around trying to arrest people and everything, make bonds off the, off, off, off the misery of the people you'd have sworn to serve, making all these thousands of, of laws and everything that are ridiculous, holding people in prison for victimless crimes where there is no victim based off some uh, phantasmagoria, some shit that you'd have made, out, uh, made up from the belfry of your own mind, some legal fiction type bullshit. All right? Instead of you just being honorable individuals, but you know what? They justify it. They justify it because they say you're animals. Listen to, um, uh, y'all know a lot of y'all uh, watch that show, Orange is New Black. Yeah, and I know most of y'all don't pay attention. You know, the animal, the animal, trap, 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 trap. The cage is full. The cage is full. You know the song. Y'all probably be tapping your feet to it when it comes on and everything. And then when you get in there, they got Russians, blacks, Mexicans, homosexuality, um, drug use, uh, everything to show heathen activity, heathen activity, that these people belong in these cages because they are animals. Who gave the green light for this show? What was interesting to me, they put a Russian in it. They got a Russian in there, too. Y'all know where I'm going with all of this. But it, it's all around you. You're not looking. It's like it's like they live. Have you ever seen that movie, They Live? 
It's like everybody's walking around without the damn sunglasses on. And then when you put the sunglasses on, you see the shit everywhere around you. It is what, you know, these people are making these movies. They're trying to tell you things and everything without, you know, directly telling you. It's everywhere. But you're looked at as an animal. That's the justification for it. These people, like, I saw this other movie that said that at the end, I don't, it was about some time travelers or something like that. And at the end of the movie, he was talking about the justification for what they were doing. He said, these people are animals. These people are animals. Start paying attention, all right? Well, what makes you an animal and what makes you a, a you know, there are seven levels to a, to a man. The seven levels. The lowest level is a beast. A beast is, is level is the lowest level. And then when you come up from that, you got mankind, which is a kind of a man. And then you got a man. And then you got a human. All right. And then you got a human being. And then you have a being. And then you have a supreme being or a God. Now, all these are just representations of stages of development consciously. And that's why I start my show off with peace to the gods. Right? Because a God is anything or anyone who is in control. And when you watch that, there's a video on YouTube of these uh, Jews over in Israel. I put it on my um, Judge Dale video because they like to say, oh, you, you know, Judge, that Judge Dale shit is made up. But what I did was I say, OK, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you everything in here that's being said. that can be verified. I, I don't give a damn who wrote the shit. Rodney Dale class, or whatever they want to say. I could care. I could give a fuck. People write stuff all the time in a pen name. That's what they do. They obfuscate the real issue. The real issue is not who wrote the shit, motherfucker. The real issue is, is the shit that is being said in this real or not? I'll put a video over there in Israel where the man is saying, he's telling you. He said, yeah, he said, the goyim are our beasts. But he went on to explain it, which I agreed with. If you can't control yourself, you're an animal. I agree with it. You can't control yourself. You're an animal. Okay, so look, somebody got in there. So how about the public education system toward teaching the people how to overcome the animal nature instead of promoting it? That's not the, the okay, that's not the, that's not the purpose of public education. The whole key in everything you just said, Danny B2, is public education. Public education means government-funded education. The government only promotes what they need. All they need is 15% of the population to be educated. The rest, they need to be 85%. They need to be minus working slaves, all right? All they need is taxpayers. They don't need you to be intelligent. Stop looking for the government to do something for you that you're responsible for doing for yourself. It ain't the government's goddamn responsibility to educate you or your fucking children. It's for you to educate yourself. So how about you pick up a book and read it and find out for yourself? It ain't the government's responsibility. 
You got to read this, and you are the one that's responsible. Stop putting responsibility on the federal government. I don't want shit from the federal government. You shouldn't want nothing from them. That should be the damn, that should be one of the damn ultimate goals, to completely get the federal government out of your business. That is what we call private. The word private means absence of government. So when we're doing this administrative process, let me get back because I don't want to digress too much. This administrative process is fact-finding. It is fact-finding. You are establishing the facts before you get to court. These facts are established through what is called Silence is acquiescence. Now, one thing you're going to notice about these people, no matter what you do, is they never respond to you. And let me tell you, I got a real good education from this. Uh, My first time going into court on a foreclosure after I got out of jail, I was helping some people with a foreclosure. My first time going into court and I had set off the um, obligation with an international bill of exchange. The judge told me in those proceedings, he said, look, this is a worthless piece of paper. That's what he said to me. But me, I had good goddamn sense. I was common sense. I'm like, judge, you're a referee, man. You're supposed to be an unbiased arbiter in a dispute between two opposing parties. That is not for you to determine the value and validity of my instrument. Because if I give it to him, I could give the bank some motherfucking uh, some motherfucking empty bottles and shit. And if they accepted it as full satisfaction of the debt, it's accepted and you ain't got shit to say about it. So I tendered them a negotiable instrument. There are rules. He needs to take that back to his client. And in a sense, if there's some issue with it, they need to return it to me and identify the issues with it, the defects in the instrument, if there are any defects in it, allow me an opportunity to cure those defects. That's a part of commerce. Those are the rules of commerce. But if they now do that, okay, they need to send it to a qualified third party. We need a witness to this. That's where you have notaries and banks. Notaries and banks are there to do protest on instruments. Send it to me under protest. Identify the defects. Allow me an opportunity to cure. Absent that, sir, I consider this matter settled and closed for the record. Well, what's backing it? What's backing this instrument? What's backing Federal Reserve notes? What's backing it? Some people say oil, gas. No, it ain't none of that shit. It's your fucking labor. The full faith and credit of the United States. Only way they can pay back their debts is y'all got to go to work. That's why they're always so concerned with unemployment. But since involuntary servitude under the Third Amendment is not permissible, okay, I don't have to pledge my labor uh, to pay back the national debt. I'm more than competent enough to handle my own commercial affairs. 
I can create me a negotiable instrument representative representative of my private credit, which is my labor. That's what we're talking about, our future labor. Okay, and I can embody that in a negotiable instrument and tender it to you for offset and adjustment of any public charge because this is all accounting. This is all accounting. This is all accounting. It's all it's all a whole big world of I promise to pay you tomorrow. Look up the word bond. The first thing he's going to say is a promise. Promissory notes. A promise. There is no money. All you can do is promise to pay somebody in contemplation of the fact that you are hoping that gold and silver at some time in the future is brought back into circulation, at which time we can settle all these obligations. But the chances of that happen are almost nil. They're $22 trillion in debt. There's only 350 million people in the United States. 100% of your taxes goes to pay the interest on the national debt. This is in the Grace Commission report put out by Ronald Reagan. So please kill all that shit talking about your tax paying dollars is paying for these prison systems. Your tax dollars are paying for, you ain't, your tax dollars ain't paying for none of that shit. Okay? None of it. You don't pay enough in dollars in taxes to pay for that. This shit is paid for through municipal bonds. And these municipal bonds are created through obligations and everything that they creating by giving their, all their revenue agents running around on the street trying to put liens on all of y'all. Think about that for a moment. These are people y'all voting in office and turning around and clipping y'all ass. If that ain't treason, I don't know what it is. But these are people. These are both. These these are people that y'all put in office to turn around and attack their constituency. That why now you begin to understand why they don't answer nothing. What would you answer if I wrote you? If I sent you a letter and say, look, hey, look, I found this out. It's my understanding X, Y, and Z. There ain't any money. I'm tendering this for offset adjustment. Next thing you know, you don't get a you don't get a response, or you get some response written with nobody's signature on it. It's a damn computer printout or something, some form, some boilerplate document or something that you receive back. Nobody wants no liability. That's the next thing I began to understand when I started looking through court cases and things like that. They blocking out shit. You know, people got a warrant. Now I look at the warrant. I can't see the judge's name. It's a damn mark right there with no name written under it in print and all this shit. I started looking at all this shit, and I'm like, oh, man, don't nobody want liability. Don't nobody want any liability. They know what's going on. They know that y'all waking up. to get my watermelon juice. All right, back to the administrative process. So, administrative process requires two witnesses. You have two witnesses. One of the witnesses is the the post office. 
That is your registered mail or your certified mail receipt. That's a witness. The other is your notary. You always need two witnesses. You always need two witnesses when you go to court. You always need two witnesses. So when you complete your administrative process, part of your uh, exhibits that should be contained in your discovery when you uh, go to the court should be the original green certificate that you get back in the mail, as well as an original affidavit of mailing signed by your notary that you and you put that together as exhibits. Those exhibits uh, demonstrate unimpeachable evidence or prima facie evidence that they constitute witnesses. Administrative process can take many different forms, right? many different forms, but fundamentally, it's only a three-step process. Step one, you accept whatever it says. Let's say somebody sent a bill to you, a medical bill to you in the mail saying that you owe $5,000. Step one, you're going to respond to it and accept it. You're going to put place a negotiable instrument with it for that amount. You're going to send a notice to the Treasury Department also that you've sent, uh, submitted this to them. All right, that's step one. All that is step one. Step two, you're going to wait 10 days. Uh, you give them 10 days because 10 days is three days for mailing time, three, uh, three days to decide what they're going to do with it, three days return mailing time, and then one day for Sunday. After 10 days, if they do not, if they do not contact you or you don't hear anything, you send them a second letter, certified mail, right, affidavit of mailing. Hey, look, 10 days ago, I sent you this for satisfaction of this obligation. I haven't heard anything back from you. I'm writing you this second time because there could be some mistake. I'm going to assume that there's a mistake. Mistake is under the UCC. Okay. Maybe it fell in the trash. Maybe it did. Maybe somebody, the correct person didn't get it. Maybe somebody went home sick. Maybe it fell off your desk and fell in the circular file. I'm not quite sure, but I'm sending you copies of everything I sent you the first time. All right. And I'm allow you another 10 days to satisfy this. This is called a notice of default, and I'm giving you an opportunity to cure your default. Just like I expect you to give me an opportunity to cure any defects in my instrument. Let me know if anything is wrong. Ten days later, that you don't hear any answer. There's no need to respond to them anymore. I have the notary submit a certificate of non-response. I immediately go down to the court and open up an evidence file and file that in the court. along with copies of my green cards or the green cards themselves. You might even put the green cards themselves, get certified copies of everything, or you can have the notary make a certified copy of it. Notaries can make certified copies for you. Notaries can make certified copies. There's actually forms where notaries can make certified copies. Have the notary make a certified copy of it and put that in evidence. One, your green card. To the affidavit of mailing, an original with a blue ink signed by the notary, put that in the evidence, along with all your other documents, your first, your first correspondence, your second correspondence, and your certificate of non-response. 
this is going in, this is an equitable matter because now you have an agreement. They have stipulated to the fact that there is no argument. They've accepted your instrument. You've allowed them an opportunity to cure any defects. You've told them to get back to you. They've refused to do so. You've done everything in good faith. You have clean hands. That is what is required in equity. Okay, real quick. I got to take a break real quick. It's only about five minutes. I'm going to come back. And then I'm going to take phone calls. I know y'all got some questions on this stuff. So let me take a real quick break. In about five minutes, I'll be right back.
<laughs> okay, y'all, I'm back. I'm back. All right, now I got I got a comment on this real quick. Y'all play, man. You said, why did you play that old salt and pepper? Uh, push it. Because I have to put everybody on to the conspiracy around that song. That which y'all just got through listening to is the original salt and pepper push it. Now I want you to listen to that and go and listen to the one they keep circulating everywhere and pushing, shoving down y'all throat with all them extra keyboards and everything in it that somebody added on to it so they can make money off of it. A lot of y'all don't know that, you know, but that stuff that y'all listening to, they have, they pushed that song right there. Matter of fact, that version right there ended up on YouTube some kind of way. And I happened to stumble across it and downloaded it. And shortly after that, they ripped it off the internet. They took, they, they took it down. So I have to put the, I have to give y'all some, you know, some insights on, on that right, right there. That is, that's a conspiracy, you know. It's like it was just a beat, and the beat was banging. And then they started like adding stuff to it that didn't need to be added to it, you know. They really, uh, to me, messed up our, um, you know, my vibe on it. But I want y'all to listen to that version, and then go and listen to the version. Go on the internet, just pull up any uh, Salt and Pepper Push It, and listen to it. I, I grew up with this version. I just got the, I didn't hear none of those versions that y'all are listening to right now. K104 didn't play none of that bullshit. K, K104 used to play the version I just played for y'all. So just a bit of piece of information. You know, it was the reason I, you know, I, I seen it in my little playlist. I said, let me play this and talk about this real quick. Salt and Pepper Push. It ended up being one of the greatest, you know, hip hop songs of all time. But anyway, let me get back. There's a little piece of history for y'all, for y'all history buffs. Let me get to the phone lines. Go to the phone lines. Let me start at 254-2991. Your line is open. You. What's up, my brother? How you doing? Hey, what's going on? What's going on? Peace, peace. What's going on? Oh, man. Peace. I'm chilling. I, uh, I really ain't got no uh, whole bunch to talk about. I kind of wanted to talk about Lucifer, bro. You still watching? I, I, <laughs> I watched, man. I, 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 man, watched back to back, you know, uh, all the way through to the end, to the season was over, bro. <laughs> I watched all yeah. of them. What you want to talk about? <laughs> I watched all of them, too. I was like, you know, I didn't heard you some talk about this a couple times. Let me get on here and see what's up with Lucifer. Bro, I was addicted. And who would think you'd be sitting there rooting for, rooting for the, the devil. devil? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh my God, I want him, I want him to do this. Yeah, he's really trying to change. Yeah, he's crazy. Well, it's good. That's a good ass show, bro. That's a good ass show. It is. And then, uh, and I just wanted to call me and say thank you for helping me get free, man. I. I your work at Dogo is bait, man. That's it. I ain't got much <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> that Lucifer is um it is a great show because it he's kinda like he's telling the truth, you know? I mean, you know, he yeah. he, he, he shows his disdain for his father all the way through it, but you know, he's um 
You know, he's like, look, I can't make y'all do nothing. You know what I'm saying? I I, I can't make nobody yeah. do nothing. I'm a, I was an angel, you know, just like my brothers. Matter of fact, is is what his brother angels come around slapping around all the time. Many <laughs> uh, deal. Yeah, many deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, I love that show, bro. And and yeah. I had messed up, so I started watching that like season. It was like season two, and I watched it. I was like, what? So then I went back, and then I went from two to four. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is the bomb. And my friend's like, you say you don't ever watch TV, but you're watching TV. I, look, I'm hooked on this show. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a great show, man. I mean, in the little demon chick they got, uh, yeah. who's the protector of them and everything. You know, they, they character yeah, development. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good, man. I'm like, wow, this is good. But, you know, you feel kind of guilty. He's like, wow, man, I'm sitting here rooting for the devil and everything. You know, it's like, <laughs> the devil does seem, you know, the devil does seem kind of like such a bad guy after all and everything. But <laughs> it, it ties right into um, in the esoteric circles where there's really no such thing as good and evil. When you get into um, uh, into deep esoteric studies, because everything yeah. comes from one. Everything comes from God. There is not two powers in the universe. There's only one. There's only one power. But Man, the, Christians, the Christians have elevated the devil. They did that. They elevated him and almost put him on par with God. You know, right. and it's like, no, you know, it's, it's only one power. Yeah, he can lie, he can be deceptive, but he doesn't have any power over you. And that's the purpose right. of Judgment Day. The whole purpose of Judgment Day is like... You got your own free will. You got your own free will. Yeah, Nobody make yeah. you do a damn thing. You know what I'm saying? And there's nothing to be afraid of. Fear is false evidence appearing real. All this stuff that they put in the media and everything like that for you to be afraid of is to and, and, you know, instill fear in you because fear is the mind killer. Fear is right. the mind killer. So you got to understand there's right. nothing for you to be afraid of. You know, everything in the universe has been created for your benefit. You have an inherent right to abundance, but there's only one requirement that you honor the creator and the creator's laws. Understand right. what the natural laws are. That's it. You know, uh, there is a cause and effect. There can be something that would be uh, considered detrimental to you. Uh, what we would call disagreeable. Um, if you go against the laws and so forth, but the laws are set in place. The cause and effect associated with those laws, I, if you have a foreknowledge of that, then you can act with wisdom and knowledge. To act without knowledge of that, foreknowledge of that, is to act in ignorance. And you're doing it to yourself. No one is doing anything to you. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that is, uh, that's, why, that's why it's important to know the laws. So when I look at a show like Lucifer, you know, I'm, 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 I can see that the creators of the show understand that. They understand all of that. Whoever wrote and they, that they, show was brilliant, bro. Like, yeah, they know they were. so much. And man, oh, my God. It's, just, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it is. And then I give them see the little different pop characters pop up. pop up, like, okay, who is this dude? And then Lucifer stab him. Yeah, unless you're immortal, and it's Cain. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The yeah. Cain. Uh, what yeah. was the curse of Cain? 
and things of that nature. It's like really interesting stuff. Um, yeah. Well, you know, the truth, the truth is stranger than fiction. The truth is stranger than fiction. That's what they're showing you with a lot of these shows, too, that what's right. going on and, you know, behind the scenes. You know, what is going on behind the scenes? What's going on behind the scenes? But, hey, brother, thank yeah. you. I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to take the next call. I appreciate it. I said I was going to try to keep calls short and try to get to everybody. All right, bro. I appreciate you no, calling in. I here, agree. All right, peace, God. All right, let me move on to the next call. Uh, Eric code 717-6342. You're on the line. Hit your mute button, 717 area code. Going once, going twice. Five six seven seven six four six. You're on the line. Five six seven area code seven six four six. Trying to come in. You have your mute button on. Peace, peace. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Go ahead. Okay, okay. Couple things. Uh, first. The uh, for somebody who's about to close on a property, on a house they're buying a house, like in the next thirty days or whatever. I listen. I heard you talk about uh, laying a claim on an instrument, and you know there's going to be a promissory note involved. What would you recommend? Okay, so what would you recommend they do? Because it's a relative of mine. He just told me last night that he put in an offer and he got accepted over the holiday. But um, what would you recommend they do going into the closing? That's the first question. I got three questions, and I'll be quick. That's the first yeah, one. You want to answer that one? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to answer that one, and I'm going through that myself right now. Um, uh, first of all, if you got to be creative. you got to be creative because at that closing table, the attorney is there for a reason. He's like a, a gatekeeper, a watchdog, right, to make sure the interests of the bank is secured. I've been able to get away with it before and they will call, write me a letter and say, we don't, we don't accept the way that you sign this and something like, yeah, you do already accept it. You already got it. And I just ignore the shit. I'm like, what are you talking about? You ain't accepted. You know, I signed my name is signed on there a certain kind of way, you know, and it might slip by, right. you know, these are cases when it slips by. So that's the first thing I'm, I'm shooting for. Can I slip it by them? Okay. So here would be my suggestion. First thing you need to do is go file a UCC one, all right, so that you already have, or see if you can get a copy of the promissory note or something to that effect, because they're going to have to have noticed that you have a claim, all right. That's the whole key of a holder in due course. That's to be they. How how are we going to give them notice that I got a claim on this promissory note? Because if they don't get notice, then they become the holder in due course. Okay, so, so is there okay, and, and this is post closing, so you saying immediately go and put yeah, a claim has, on the property. Yeah, you gotta do this, uh you gotta do this either beforehand. I'd file a UCC one. The reason I file a UCC one is because I wanna get a filing number. A UCC one filing number. All right. That way you can do a UCC three and add it to that collateral. So what I would do is I would sign it, put notice of claim per UCC 3-306, and then put my UCC filing number. So you're bringing your own promissory note to the closing table? No, 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 I'm not. I'm using all their documents, 
And when I sign the promissory note, this is how I'm going to sign it. Okay, I'm going to sign it, you know, put my name, uh, you know, by uh, use of ale, um, authorized representative, whatever, and then per UCC 3-306, I put notice of claim per UCC 3-306, and then right under that, put my UCC filing number. You see what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. And that's why you have to, you know, you'd have to file the UCC one first. Okay. So before you even go to closing, because you need to open up a filing number. So, you know, you put something on there, like, you know, you just file something like, uh, you know, um, whoever the, uh, whoever the bank, whoever the bank that's fine, uh, that the the mortgage company, uh, you go and put them as the debtor and you as the creditor. Okay, and then you file that UCC one, and then you put on there as the holder and do credit the collateral description uh, per uh, per. Uh, well, now nah, wait a minute, hold on. You can't do that. You'd have to. Um, let me see how, how I would do that because you. Well, you could do it to your secured party. Do your secured party process. <coughs> if you have a UCC one filed, you can add that collateral ad. But the point is. You need to have a UCC one already on file before you go to close. I would do it through the UC uh, through my secure party process. Okay, right. but okay, then no. you're going. What if they have not done that though? What if they? This is a relative that has not went through the secure party process at all. Okay, well you have to have some sort of way where they can put some notice of claim on it in some kind of way. Um, one thing the banker told me that I never forgot. He said the UCC makes for creativity. So now you're asking me to be creative. So um, the thing we know we have, we the thing we know we have to accomplish is they have to have notice. They have to have some sort of notice. Uh, the next thing that we want to avoid is doing anything to the document which would raise eye, too many eyebrows about it from the attorney that's there, right? Because he's going to like, what is this? And then probably not take it or uh, something to that effect. You know what I'm saying? So you want something as innocuous as possible. I, as innocuous as possible in some kind of shape, form, or fashion. I, and I, I, I feel, and it's just me speaking, I'm not saying you have to do it this way. I feel that the best way to do it, because I'm about to go through this now myself, and this is what I'm telling you basically what I'm planning to do, you know, because I'm doing it through an investment property. So if I don't get it, I'll just move on to the next one. I'm not even, you know, caring if they try right. to trip at the, uh, at right. the closing table or whatever. So I'm going to sign it like this. If you ask me a question, I'm just as a notice of claim to the instrument per UCC 3-302 because I'm the issuer of it. I am the issuer of this promissory note, am I? But I'm just going to give it a, it's just a notice of claim. All right. Let, let them know. All right. But that filing number needs to be on there because that is telling them where to go to look to find the notice. All right. To find the notice. Uh, your notice has to be filed. It could be on fucking YouTube. I don't know. You can put a YouTube channel. You could maybe file something down in a court case and put a case filing number on there. You know, it, it has to be, it doesn't have to be in the commercial registry. It doesn't say anything about the commercial registry under the UCC when it talks about holding due course. It just says they have to have notice in some kind of shape, form, or fashion. It doesn't say it has to be in a commercial chamber or down at the county courthouse or on YouTube or whatever, they have to have notice that you are the holder in due course, that you are putting a claim in on that instrument. So that one of the ways that I feel that is not too um, 
uh, invasive uh, would be to have a UCC-1 filed and simply put notice of claim and then put your UCC-1 filing number directly under your name when you sign the promissory note. You see what I'm saying? I do. I do. Uh, um, and that's, you see, a UCC-3 is a collateral ad. So when you file the UCC-1 prior to going to closing, they're going to give you a UCC filing number. That filing number is unique. That's what you do to look up the uh, the claims. All right? That number is what you're going to put on your uh, on your thing. Now, also, um, you can add the UCC-3 to it. Once you get the promissory note, what you would do is you'd add a um, – uh, what I would do is I make a copy of it because they give you a copy of everything. I would get a certified copy of it. I'd probably bring a notary with me to make a certified copy of it or sign two originals, get two copies of it and sign both of them at the closing table and have the notary notarize both of them at the closing tables. So I have original, they have original. And then I take it and put it on a UCC three, make a copy of it and file it down in the commercial chamber. Now I'm just being creative. I'm just being creative. Just being creative. I like that. But that is, I like but get, that get two of them. That's that's yeah. nice. I like that. And that's usually what I do I, with everything. I get like when I have a notary do something for me, I always get two copies. I take the notary. I like when I do affidavit of mailing. When I go see the notary, I got two or no three really. I got three copies of my affidavit of mailing. I want to notarize all three documents. I take one that goes into court. Okay. One, I take with me to court, and another one I put in safekeeping in case I lose it. So if it's an important document, I always got three copies of it. Because to put something in the court, you need an original. You need the original. Because the copy is going to be hearsay if it can't be authenticated. So I have the original. Authenticated right at the closing table by getting several copies right there. that's That's damn right. That's how I do it. Because I've been doing it for years. Okay. Gotcha. That makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. Yeah. And I was because just you trying know. to go at this with somebody who has not done the administrative process or should I say secure right. party process yet because these people are, you know, still buying houses and still going through all this. And this is their instrument. And they're they walking instrument? away with no claim. And, and, and listen, and when you read the UCC, don't it make sense to you? You, you, you the issuer. Perfect. You are the issuer. You, you sign that promissory note. You are issuing an instrument without a claim on it. Now, and you wondering why they they take it, securitize it, and you don't get it back. Ain't no claim right. on it. Like, now, is there without being yet, Yusuf? Is there is there a statute of limitations on the claim from the moment that you issue the instrument to when you yes, have to put is. a claim on? I wouldn't call it statute of limitation, but the rules of commerce dictate that you can't give a notice after the fact. Now I can read that for you. I read that oh. for you. It's gonna. I got this, the bankers. Um, because I study holder due course is the banker's handbook. Not the banker's secret manual. It's called the banker's handbook. And uh, do we have that available right for it in, the, in the PDF on the on the uh, SBC University it's site? My, it's, yeah, yes, it is. It's on my SB University site, and it's also in the uh, Facebook group. Um, I put a lot of different places. Um, what okay, I'm going to so, do right so now? I can I'm put, it, put, it, put it, my 
Well, I'm actually putting it in the banker's hand, but if you're my if you're in my Facebook group, I'm putting a link to it right now. And Facebook, I have Facebook, bro. Oh, there's Facebook. a link for it right now. It's called a banker. Oh, you don't have Facebook? Okay, well, I'll put it under the video. How'd you find out about the show? I was there in the day. I'm a, I'm a gold member. How'd you find out about the show? Did you did you see a link or something? Okay, no, all right. I'll put it. I'll put it in S. It's in SBC University. Um, you're what? You went I'm out. A gold I member. can't hear you. I can't hear can you. Your hear phone me? is going out. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I can hear you now. You're a gold member at SBC University. I can hear you. Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Yep. Hello. Okay. Yep, I can hear you. All right. All right. All right, okay, cool. Well, let, let me read you this real quick. Okay, all right. Let me read you this real quick about Holder and Due Course out of Banker's Handbook. And it's under Part 2, Bank Payments and Negotiable Instruments, 16-1. All right, 16-1. So when you go down to 16-1, and what you're going to read is real instrument, is real interesting, and you'll see the uh, other discharge when the holder has notice. Uh, let's see. Let me see where it is. 3 3 0. You said 16 Right of a holder is not a holder. Yeah, that gives you that. That whole thing is all that section is holder in due course. If you want to learn about holder in due course, that's the section you want to read. That's the section you want to read. Right there, it teaches you everything that you want to know. Right, that the person who is not a holder in due course takes the instrument subject to defenses of the person uh, of the person the holder seeks to charge with liability. These include an all-encompassing list of defenses, all valid claims to the instrument, all defenses available in a simple contract action, defenses based on failure of consideration, non-performance of conditions precedent, non-delivery or delivery for a special purpose, and defenses related to acquisition of an instrument through theft or payment in a manner inconsistent with a restrictive endorsement. Uh, the reference to all valid claims is intended to be read broadly to include not only legal claims of ownership to the instrument, but all liens, equities, or other claims of right against the instrument or its proceeds. And this is that when you read this, uh, UCC 3-3-306, thus equitable claims that might give rise to a right to rescind a transaction and recover. Let me see right here where it is. Antecedent, i.e. prior to debt. Who does not have the status of a holder do gorgeous taste instrument subject to all defenses. I'm trying to find that where I read that on the notice section. Uh, but to make so sure, uh, the moment that you sign, Yusuf, because it's your instrument, the moment that you affix your signature to it, you are the holder in due course. But when you uh, transfer that or use it and attach value to it, then if you don't have a claim on it before you do that, then that receiver becomes the holder in due course. Exactly. That's exactly right. correct. If they don't yeah, have like any you notice. Said earlier, if you if you give somebody some money <laughs> or what we call fiat money or whatever, they're the holder in due course now because it left your hands and went to theirs. And went to theirs. You don't have a claim you don't have a uh, that's uh, that's what they're doing with yeah, Federal Reserve knows y'all passing y'all passing around negotiable instruments. All right. You don't have a claim on it. And Every person becomes a holder in due course to it. You know, that particular now, 
I learned all of this from actually a drug case. A drug case taught me as I was helping somebody in a drug case and they had a sting operation against them. And the, uh, the, I, I think it was, I don't know if it was the feds or local PD, I can't remember, but they had, you know, they had given some money for a buy. They were going to do a buy, a drug buy. Before they did the drug buy, they photocopied all the money and then filed it in the case file. They'd open up a case file and had it filed in the case file. So that was their claim to it. That was their proof. That was their proof of claim. They're like, look, we got all the shit photocopied and authenticated right here. Got witnesses and everything to it. So, yeah, you when they did the money, that was a proof that, you know, yeah, this is the money that was used in the drug buy. And I was like, damn, that's how they did a proof of claim. That was kind of smart. You know, just make some photocopies. Yeah, it was smart. You know, I'm like, yeah, because they understand. Whoever told them to do that, understand this right here. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, all right, all right. Uh, uh, that makes sense. And I guess that's what they so, call being creative, right? <laughs> that's what they call being creative. That's what they call, and that's one thing you have to understand. You can be creative. It doesn't tell you that it has the notice has to be in the commercial chamber. It does not tell you that the commercial chamber is like a convenience or a service that's being offered by them that they're giving to you. All right, you put your notice to your negotiable instruments here. This is the UCC. These are the rules of, of of negotiable instruments, and we made a commercial chamber for you, so you put your notices in. That's all UCCs are notices. They notices. Okay. The notices. All right, now. That's all, all right, they now are. Said, I got. Right, go ahead. Two more. I'm. Be, I'm. I'm gonna be real quick. Okay. The um, state passport. All right. While I am doing my secure party process, I want to go ahead and do the get the passport done because it seems simple enough um, to get that done while I'm doing that. Do you? Um, do you? Is that a good idea to go ahead and do that, or should I just wait? And then file my secure party process. No, um, go on and get your passport. You know. Okay. Go, yeah, okay. go on and get it. You know, go on and get it. You have to wait. Go on and get it. All and right. uh, you know, yeah, all this, everything that you're doing, there's no this, and ain't none of this stuff written in stone. All right, it's not written in stone. You know, the whole secure party process, being private, all that. The underlying thing about the majority of it is giving notice. You get to give these people notice because they operate off of presumptions, assumptions, and color of law. That's the main thing. All right, so you got to rebut a presumption with a fact. All right, and how you have a fact is you tell these motherfuckers who you are. They don't tell you who you are. Okay, you don't. My public servants don't fucking tell me I am. A 14th Amendment U.S. citizen. You don't fucking tell me I'm a U.S. Y'all ask me every goddamn day, all the time. Okay, if I'm always, if I'm just a U.S. citizen by default, why every time I look around on every fucking application, every fucking day for my entire life, y'all keep asking me the same fucking question over and over and over again? You see what I'm saying? Because yes, you're do. not a U.S. citizen by default. All right, you're not that. So you got to start telling them, like, look, okay, you tricked me. You got me. All right? I give you that. You got me. However, the jig is up. All right? Right. It's up. Right? You know what I'm saying? It's up right, right now. You got me at right? one time, but you ain't, you ain't going to keep me. You ain't going to keep me you in here now. You got me. Yeah, right. that's right. You got me, all right? But the jig is up. All right? And I'm letting right. you know it is right now. All right? That's all you're doing. 
And as a private individual, because they can say, okay, well, what are you saying? What are you saying? I'm saying I don't need nothing from government. I don't want none of your benefits or your privileges. Oh, you're a tax protester because, you know, that's what taxes are. You can only tax benefits and privileges. So now you understand why they don't want you to put a lien against your property in the commercial chamber because that prevents them from leaning it because that's what they're doing. Okay. And now they're saying, well, you've got becoming the enemy of the United States because it's like, well, where are we going to get our money? And that is why I always suggest that people do this once you become a secure party. Send the Treasury Department a gift. Make up a bond and send it to them for $50 million or something like that. And say, you know what? Y'all's been doing a great job at the Treasury Department. You know, and I appreciate the job my public servants are doing. And I understand that, you know, money's tight, you know, y'all running around trying to get things done. So here is, I'm making a gift, a donation to the Treasury Department. Any amount of $50,000 is a promissory note. You can take that, uh, you know, and use that, uh, the uh, interest off of it, that any windfall that you receive to, from it for, is for your benefit. It is a gift to you. I want to thank you for your service and the great job you're doing for this country. I like that. That's what, that's what secure like that. parties do. All right? That's what secure parties do. All right? We're not in a fight. They, our, our public servants need our help. They run around trying to hide the fact that they're incompetent and trying to make you look like you're incompetent. How I'm incompetent, y'all put the country 20, uh, $22 trillion in debt. That is the most incompetent shit ever. <laughs> ever. And they're going to try to lecture me, go try to lecture me when I file bankruptcy uh, for, you know, for a couple of thousand dollars or something. Y'all need to think about this stuff. <laughs> Exactly. Now, last last question, uh, Yusuf. Uh, first, let me address this. Right. I got kicked. I got kicked off of the site um, when I was taking a course, and it said my password. When I went to sign back in, it said my password did not work. And uh, I've been trying to let do me this look since it. yesterday. All right, give me your give me your give me your uh, give me your user ID real quick, and I will look at it real quick for you. And I will send it back. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me pull it. Let me get it. All right. I got you. Capital I. Z-E-H-N. All right. I got you right here. Let me look at it, see what's going on. Uh, Don't look like, um, let me me look at your subscription information real quick. Don't look like nothing's wrong with it, bro. Your account looks fine. Um, It sends me the capture, but it won't let me change the password. It sends me the thing that says enter your username, and and then it opens. All right, okay. I'm gonna change the pad. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna keep this up. I'm gonna I'm gonna contact you after the show, and uh, we'll go through okay. all that. We don't need to keep that over the air. Get you know new passwords and all that. And I'll change it. Oh, I'll change it for you. I can change it for you, but I'm gonna let you uh, tell me what you want it to be. So I'll contact you after the show. Okay. Okay. Well. Okay. Yeah. That's that's fine. Okay. All, all right. right you, okay. Peace. All right. Down. Anything else? No. Anything else? All right. Okay. Peace, God. All right. Let's go back. And let me go to uh, 717-9185. 
Peace, Yusuf. How are you? All right, great. How you doing? I'm doing well. Um, I wanted to um, find out when the uh, webinar um, is going to be available to purchase um, for this upcoming weekend. Uh, uh, well, it's usually the same day. I'm probably going to edit it and do some things to it, but uh, it'll be available on the website. I'm, you know, I'm going to start making a lot of the old webinars available too, again, for purchase. I know not everybody want to become a member of SPC University, uh, so I'm going to no, start no, no. making up. I'm I'm I I'm a member of SBC University, okay. but I mean to to uh, I want to attend the webinar live, the one um, oh, with okay. you and and uh, Mr. Ming. I'll put from the, yesterday. I'll have, yeah, I have a link put up and uh, uh uh on the website probably later on today. I have it up. We we just got it hammered out the details of it, and I have it put up later on today. It's going to be a good web webinar. It's going to be real good. I mean, you get to sit with. You know, this guy, to me, is not a typical CPA. He's, um, you know, he got a lot of insights and knowledge you know, about a lot of things. You know, he worked with AIG and, uh, you know, a lot of the uh, top, you know, CPA uh, firms and everything in the country and everything. And uh, he got some insights into stuff. He done been on some very big projects, um, done business in a lot of different countries. So, I, you know, I think that, you know, it will definitely be insightful for a lot of people to attend. You know, I just try to hand out, hammer out a good project price point and everything. I'm not trying to make it too expensive or anything like that either, um, you know, for people to attend. So, you know, it, it will be today. It will be today. <laughs> it will be today. Okay, cool. And then um, also I noticed on the site, um, like, are you still, I know you're coming back on the air routinely now, but are you going to um, still do the webinars for the Platinum members? I'm doing a webinar. I'm doing a webinar tonight. Doing a webinar tonight. Yes, I am. I'm, I will be All on right. a webinar tonight. I've I've been having issues where it doesn't let me register. Um, okay, I'll check. I, I'll check the registration. It should. If you've already registered, though, um, you don't have to register over and over and over again. You only need to re- register one time. And the link you, that you use in your email, I have you sign in. Just sign in. You know, you don't have to keep re-registering over and over and over again. It's only one registration that you have to do. And once you register that one time, that link works for you every time. It's the same link. Link doesn't change until I do a new series of webinars. This right now, the webinars I'm doing right now is part of a series. So in that part of the series, you only have to register one time. And that link, whatever link you get, you keep using that link over and over and over again. Signing on. I didn't do a webinar last Thursday, but I, I will do one uh, tonight. Uh, this uh, Tuesday night. It'll be one done tonight. Okay. At 9.30? Yeah, it'll be nine, roughly 9, 9.30, around in that time. Nine. Make sure you get about oh. 9 o'clock. Okay. All right. That's cool. I didn't know about the link, so I'll be on um, later on tonight then. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Thank you. And that's a message for anybody who is a part of the uh, uh, secure uh, SPC University. When you sign in, so right there on your message board, it talks about the way you'll see a countdown clock. That countdown clock, there's a link for registration. Just simply register. You're a member. You automatically get access to the webinar, okay, for all the members of SPC. So FYI. You know, you don't have to. It's at 9 o'clock. I try to make it every Tuesday and Thursday. 
So you don't have to keep asking me. You know, I'm trying to be consistent with everything now, as y'all see. Every Tuesday and Thursday, just sign in, okay? You don't have to uh, You don't have to be uh, asking me no questions. It's part of your membership. Uh, you know, it don't cost you anything additional. Just sign in. That's all you have to do and attend the web. But you have to be a member of SBC University. All right, let me go back to the phone lines. Let's go. Let's jump down to, oh, man, woof. It's 469-5685. 469, area code. Peace, peace. Peace. I'm going on. All right. I, I had a had a quick question because I know you, you, you said uh, gold and silver, the precious metals, they ain't coming back. And, and I agree with that because it would be nearly impossible to yeah. disperse that back into America. But yeah, I, I, I wanted to I, see your take on um, – Bitcoin because it follows natural law, and then I mean, it follows big, the principle of money. Okay, tell me how Bitcoin is a fiction. It's an um, it's it's an electronic uh, uh, currency that is not tangible. So how does it? I mean, I mean, in principle, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Uh, but go go so, ahead, explain it. Explain it. Explain oh, it. Okay, so. You know how it, it takes the labor and energy for us to extract the gold from the ground and, and put it into, you know, bullion or whatever it may be. Well, in, in regards to Bitcoin, it takes the energy of these machines to mathematically find Bitcoin. So the energy is still there. It's just uh, utilized different. So the, and it's it's that's why it's able to be a store of energy and a transfer of energy. It, I mean, it's it, that's why it follows the same principle as um, gold and silver because gold and silver is just a method of money, and Bitcoin is like another a newer method of money, but the principle is still the same. You know, it, it follows the lines of you know uh, methods are uh, methods are many, principles are few. My only thing about Bitcoin, and uh, and I'm not saying that, uh, you know, I think Bitcoin may very well be the currency of the future. I'm going to put that out there first. Um, however, um, it's these computers, everything that's in a computer bank, and everything that can be tracked and traced. Uh, we're talking about privacy. Um, you know, we're talking about, does the, is that a currency? Is that a credit or is that substance? You see what substance. I'm saying? Are you saying that Bitcoin is substance? Yes, it may not be physical substance, but it, the substance there is substance. I have to, I don't know enough about it to to speak on it. I can't I can't I can't I can't I can't I can't, I can't, I can't engage you in a meaningful conversation where I can take some uh, uh, position that is adverse to yours without getting enough facts, and I don't have enough facts on it. I can't. I can't okay. really talk about it. Like you, you posed some. You wrote some good, good, good points, and you know you could. You had some good claims. You say it's substance. I don't have enough. I don't have enough information to challenge you on that. So, but I okay. will next time you talk to me. Okay. I will next time okay. you talk to me. <laughs> I will. I'm, <laughs> All right, I'm, going I'm going to investigate it because you know you stumped me right there. So I'm saying, okay, hey, you got me. I don't know, you know, but I will yeah. go and investigate. I don't want to say nothing, and I'm like, man, that dude's about that talk. He don't know what the fuck he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand. I completely understand. 
But I have enough information, man. But I appreciate it. You had another question? But next time you call, no. I'll be done studied it. I'm going to be done right, right. studied it. I'm going to test you. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Have a good one. All right. You too. You too. Yeah, he tripped me up on that one, okay? I, they, I don't, that don't happen too often. <laughs> but he got me on that. I'm going to look into it, I promise you. Let me go to uh, area code 512 92 Five one two 512 area code. 512 92 Yes. Yep. Wait one. You're live. You open? Sorry about that. You said peace. Uh, I right, peace. Peace. All right. <laughs> What's going on? What you got for me? Okay, a couple couple questions, and I'll be as uh, quick as I can. Uh, first of all, let me give you my status, current status now. I'm a VA, I'm a federal employee. So how would that affect me if I wanted to do the secure party process? Oh. Man, uh, you know, you are a federal employee, okay? Um, yes. You know, I'm going to tell you a little story. I had this friend, he was an attorney, uh, right? And um, he was an attorney, and uh, I used to talk to him about this sometime. You know, uh, you know, they kind of like, he was kind of dismissive of most of it. Um, but, you know, he respected my intelligence, but, you know, he's just kind of like, eh, you know, how they are. They're like, man, whatever. All right. So one night he called me up. He calls me up by 10 o'clock. I'm at my office working late and I was getting ready to leave. And I worked a long way out. You know, my office was like in the suburbs and he was downtown. And um, he called me up and said, hey, you at your office? I said, yeah. He said, I'm coming to your office right now. I said, I'm right. I'm about to leave. No, I'm coming right now. Don't go anywhere. So he drives about 30, 35 minutes out to my office, maybe 40 minutes. I, I forgot how far it was. He comes into my office, and he has all this stuff about 1099 OID and things like that and a check. And uh, he says he says to me, look, I'm giving up my bar card. I'm going private, but I'm going to open up a firm, and I'm going to do this. This information impacted him so much because he, he understood. He said, yeah, I understood it. He knew he understood it. He understood because he knew trust law and some other stuff. He understood it. And he immediately, he understood it so well that he wanted to, he was giving up his bar card and he wanted all of my information from my Dropbox that I had on 1099 OID. That's what he was coming for. He just didn't want to speak over the phone. He had all the checks and everything associated with this. And, and believe it or not, um, uh, this, this was part of Jonah Bay's M group. I'll put that out there because Jonah Bay know what I'm talking about. Um, but this, uh, but you know, it just kind of messed me up. You know, I'm looking at it. It was some cats in Chicago uh, that had been doing something. They were some L's or some bays and uh, they was doing something with some trust and, God, I think I remember if I remember correct, check was about four hundred something thousand dollars or something like that, and he understood everything about about it, and he was so excited that he wanted to give it up. I'm saying that to say, you know, 
if you're asking me, can you have your cake and eat it too? I'm going to say no in one sense and yes in another, meaning that if you're able to separate parts of your life, compartmentalize parts of your life where they don't cross-reference each other, and I'll give you, I'll give you a good example of what I'm talking about. Let's take a CPN number, for instance. For a CPN number to be effective, you have to use an address that you've never used before ever in life, all right? Because the computer system at the credit bureau will cross-reference your old file with your new file. So you need to establish an identity. You can still use your driver's license and all of that, but you need to understand how the system works and make sure they don't cross each other over. So in your life, Okay, if you would put together some sort of trust and you have assets or something like that that you want to uh, put place into the private, then you need to do that in a certain way where it has no association with your public life, with you as a federal employee, which is possible to do, which is possible to do. Okay, once you understand how to create a private trust and things of that nature. Um you will never totally be free from the system. If you're asking me, can, can you eschew benefits and privileges and not be subject to some sort of taxation or something like that, when you are a federal employee, I'm going to tell you no. I, you are well within their jurisdiction. Uh, you fall under their authority. Uh, all of that, you know, just like somebody with a commercial driver's license, a truck driver, we delegated that authority to them to regulate commerce. Okay. I, however, when we're dealing with private individuals and private rights, you can't tax a right. So if I got a right to travel, if I got a right privately, meaning privately, meaning I'm not using the public roads for, uh, uh, for private profit or gain, okay, but just for my private pleasure, that's a right of mine. The government shouldn't be interfering with that in any kind of way, all right? So that's the that that's the thing when you work you like people like who got social security they want to get their social security benefits I'm not gonna tell you not to get your social security benefits but you may have to go about things a different way in arranging your life and understand that you 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 are you have a presence in both sides of the fence on the public and the private side okay but you're probably I guess the best way to explain it is I'm transitioning. Let's say that you start transitioning from the public into the private. And now you are arranging your affairs in such a way they'll be private when you get ready to retire or whatever it is that you're going to do. You know, you go completely into the private. All right. So you have that right. You know, you're always a real living soul. But at the same time, when you're a federal employee, you got a duty. You got a duty to perform. All right. You're under some sort of contract and contract makes the law. Am I correct? Well, thank, thank you for that explanation. That was well explained. So that brings me to my next question, which you already segued into it, is uh, transitioning. And that's my, that's what I'm uh, wanting to do. i got like 25 years right now, and I want to just get out of it. Oh, uh, so my question to you is uh, will mm-hmm. I be able to set up a, a consult with you? Um, uh, I, yeah. I know I talk to you I guess I'm going to put that con- con- consultation button that boy. okay um, let me say this uh, first of all first and foremost I would 
to, I would advise you to start studying trust. Um, there is a document on the internet that is free that I think is very good for all beginners to read. It's written by a man named Carlton Weiss. Right? Carlton Weiss. It's trust administration. It's about trust administration. His name is Carlton Weiss. And it's Weiss, and the name of the document is Weiss Concise Trusty Handbook. Weiss's Concise Trusty Handbook. And Weiss is spelled W-E-I-S-S apostrophe S. Concise Trusty Handbook. Now, you can put .pdf after that in Google, and it will pop right up. And you can download this. Now, this is one of the first documents that I ever read on um, common law trust. It is a very good document. It's well written. Um, It has some good documents at the end of it, some good generic documents for the beginner. But I would advise people who are like, like what, uh, like in the situation that he's in, you need to start studying private trust. You need to start studying private trust. That's your doorway. That's your doorway. Start studying, start arranging your affairs privately through private trust. Before you start utilizing a trust, I would, I I would uh, suggest that you educate yourself about the subject. The guy who mentored me on it, he told me, I asked him, I said, well, how long is it going to take me to learn this? And he said about six months. And me being arrogant, the kind of person I am, and, you know, saying, man, six months, man, it ain't going to take me no damn six months to learn this. It took about eight months to a year to start getting a handle on it. Okay. So it's not anything that you're going to run through. Um, it is something that is, to me, a very interesting subject. It's very, very interesting once you get into it. Um, it's not difficult to learn. I don't think it's complex at all. You, it's like, uh, I would say it's like, um, it's like building a website. When I first started using WordPress, WordPress uses plugins. Well, once I found out what everything does, what this button does and what this button does, it's not that the buttons are complex. You can't read them. You got to find out what the button does. And once you find out what the button does, okay, now you move to the next button and find out what it does. And then now there might be a lot of buttons. There might be a hundred buttons and that might seem daunting at first, but once you get started, okay, well, you know, I already know what 15 buttons do. Okay. And then tomorrow I'm going to study five more and a little while, you know what a hundred buttons do. And the next thing you know, people are calling you an expert. (laughs) Okay. Cause you got, cause you learn what these buttons do. None of the buttons are complex. It's just a lot of them. It's just a lot of them, but none of them are complex. That's kind of like what the subject of trust is. It's a, it's a, it's a lot of things to know, like, you know, the difference between, you know, like, um, you know, a a trust and a corporation uh, or maybe, you know, um, uh, arm's length transactions, um, understanding what a, uh, trust protector is, um, understanding, um, you know, the duties of the trustee, um, general principle of law, you know, trustees, uh, are, are liable, you know, unless you put something in the trust document says they're not okay. Just things like that. But as you get it, go over and over and over again, you'll begin to learn something a little bit as you go along all the time and you just, but none of it is complex. It's not complex. The average person can learn 
how to operate a trust is not complex. It's not, it's not a complex subject. Um, once you, uh, uh, once you get that down, you can understand what you need. For instance, like there's some people right now consulting with me cause they want a family trust and I'm telling them, okay, well you need to pick out the trustees. Okay. If you can't get past that and it would be good for the, for the uh, family members to be educated in the subject. Uh, you know, you know what I'm saying? You know what you need. Okay. I got to do this. Your family. That's why you always hear me say your family is your business. Your family is your business. Your family is your business. You know, the world is run by families and they make sure they don't have any competition because they have to destroy yours or bankrupt each succeeding generation. So they have to start over. Think, look at the game out there and what's being played and understand that, that there's a destruction of families going on. But the elite ain't letting you destroy their family. They tenaciously hold on to their family. Why you just willy-nilly let yours go and float into the wind. All right. So your family at the at the seed in the seed of every family is a nation. The seed, there's a there's a nation in every family. So I don't want to digress too much, but this will be a good handbook for you to start studying. There are documents at the end of it. I wouldn't suggest that anybody do anything without educating themselves. At SBC University, I have a private trust course that you get questioned on. It is a little bit higher level than this right here. All right. And, but even though this is good, this right here on the internet is probably going to be the best document on the internet you're going to find for free. Yeah. I, I am a member of SBC university. Um, Uh Like I said, uh, and I've been on there uh, off and on uh, uh, in more looking at the secure party process. So in, in saying that, would you recommend that I start that process now? Yes. In addition yes, to I, the, the trust, uh, do my yes. uh, uh, education on the trust? Well, I mean, you know, what is your timeline for, um, you know, when you say you're, you want to transition, when do you foresee the completion of your transition? Because, you're going to be sending notices to the federal government and you are an employee of the federal government. And the things that you're going to be saying in your documents is not going to be true because you are an employee of the federal government. So uh, unless you can um, create your own secured party process in some kind of way, but I don't see it right now. I probably would get my passport um, and uh, start establishing a trust and all that. I don't think I would mess with the secure party process right now. You being a federal employee, that's just my advice. Okay. You know, because I don't see how it's like oil and water. They don't public and private don't mix, and you in the public, yeah, and you are, uh, yeah, you, you are firmly, uh, you're firmly entrenched in the public. Yes, and I'm trying to dig. I'm definitely going to dig my way out of it. So you. You are definitely. Uh, and let me say this: I don't want to demonize the public. The public has a job, and they do some very good things. I don't think education is one of them. I don't think the criminal justice system is one of them. I there's a couple of things I got a problem with the public with, but that's not to say everything that they do is corrupt or bad or something like that. I'm not saying that, but there are a couple of things I got a problem with. You know, it's supposed to be an honor. For you to do public service. It's supposed to be an honor. We're honoring you with public service. But they turned it into something else. 
You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, I don't want people to think that I just totally across the board got everything against pub, uh, the public. I don't. You know, everything has a, 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 a polarity to it. Everything has a polarity. There has to be a public and a private. If there's a private, there's a public. If there's a public, there's a private. It doesn't mean that one is evil and one is good, you know, because there's a lot of evil motherfuckers in the private, too. When you look at John Wick, we showing you that, you know, you know, there's a lot of evil that can go on in the private. So there's not, you know, it's not good or bad or anything like that. It's your preference. Do you not want government? Some people want to live all government benefits. I'm not one of them. I, I, don't, I don't have any expectation. I'm not looking forward in any kind of way of, of obtaining any kind of benefit or privilege from the government. I'm completely uh, eschewing or abstaining from any of that. But some people, they may have to do that or they may prefer to do it. It doesn't make them a bad person because they're doing it. You know, it's a preference thing. Some people may not want to be in the private. But if you're tired of government interference encroaching into your life, you know, then that is something for you, you know, because you want to be free. I want to be free of government intervention and control, you know, and influence over my life. And, yeah, those steps you take to achieve that. Okay, so thank you for that. Uh, I definitely have some additional uh, questions about benefits, but uh, I would like to set up a console with you. I know it's other people on the call. So, uh, okay. I just, uh, do I need to just uh, use your email to, to do that? I tell you what, I tell you what, let me put this out here right now. Anybody want to consult with me, it's $200 an hour. Y'all can just send a uh, to paypal.me forward slash use avail. PayPal.me forward slash use avail. Put your payment in there and your phone number in the notes or whatever. I your email, I got your email. I will contact you for a consultation. All right. But it's gonna be you know, I've been I I stopped doing it for a while, but you want to do a consultation, just pay right there and I will contact you. Okay. Peace, brother, and I thank you for that. I'm gonna get off the line so we can get the Okay, all right, thank you. All right, let me get back off the phone, uh, get back on. Uh, right, uh, let's see what we at now. All right, one more time looking like. Whew. Man, y'all, y'all need to stop this right here, man. It is, it's, 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 it's let me go to Philadelphia, 267 6338. 267 area code, 6338. Hello. You're on the air. Your mic is open. Uh, how you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm all right. I was uh, interested in a few things. I heard you were talking about the uh, holder in due course. I just uh, came home from. Uh, being locked up, they uh, got me on a uh, a cell or something like that, and uh, I had did an injunction to the courts, and what it came with was like a, a fidelity bond and stuff like that. Should I be using that under a UCC three? Well, yeah, you definitely want to. It's a, it's an instrument. You're issuing an instrument. Every time you okay. issue a negotiable instrument, there should be some sort of claim on it. That's that's across the board. You'll never have to ask me that. If you are issuing an instrument, if you want the status of holder in due course, we're talking about commercial matters right now. Okay, negotiable. This is merchant law. Okay, law merchant. Mm-hmm. Law merchant. 
right? Well, if you want to be the older new chorus, if you want to claim and recruitment, if you want some entitlement right to the proceeds of that instrument or a return of the instrument, then you need to establish yourself as the whole in due course. Because when you hand off a negotiable instrument to somebody, it can be negotiated to other people. Right? Just like when you give a $20 bill to somebody, it gets negotiated to someone else. It's just passing around. Well, they do the same thing with your promissory note. It gets passed around behind the scenes. But there needs to be something on that document to let any subsequent holder of that instrument understand and know that you are the holder you force of it. Oh, yeah, I would put a claim on it. And this is one yeah, of the had, things. Go ahead, go ahead. We had sent it, uh, registered mail to first, we sent it to uh, the clerk of courts uh, out here, and they uh, sent it back saying they didn't understand the instrument and stuff like that. So we then sent the registered mail to the uh, attorney general, and we haven't received it back. So I just came home uh, recently, like two, three weeks ago. I had to take a go on the courts because I'll be like in a, uh, one of the people that want to keep arguing with the judge. But the judge, he actually told me that he respected, you know, what I was doing and stuff like that. And he said that uh, it's not he didn't have no problem with, you know, what I was what I was saying in the courtroom. Because I was telling him right. everything, you know, letting him know my status and stuff like that. I got a UCC one file, uh, Secretary of State, and I was letting him know my status. But he actually respected what I was doing and stuff like that. But I had to take the plea agreement just to get out the way of that. I, I felt like that's well, what I well, well, you know what? I, here's the thing. He respected what you were saying, but where's the damn proof? You know, if you, if you file a UCC one, that needs to be in the evidence file, and then it needs to be put on the record. I uh, to give notice to them that you have that priority lien, or pro- you have some sort of priority interest in the collateral of which they're trying to encumber. Okay, you, I, I, that's number one. Okay, because judges will talk nice to you, but they're taking judicial mm-hmm. notice of the fact that you have not done what you're supposed to do. Next. When you talk about they didn't accept the bond, okay, I get this all the time, people having problems filing stuff in court. Okay, that's because they don't understand what a caption of the pleading is. A caption of the pleading. Okay, in other words, you know, like the caption of the pleading where it says, in the United States District Court, Northern District of Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. All right, then, United States versus John H. Doe. And then on the other side, it's case number. That's all called a caption of the pleading. Okay, if you put a caption of the pleading on any document you wish to file in the court, the the, uh, the clerks are going to file it with no problem. All right, just like like I used to write letters to my attorney. I used to write a letter to my attorney. I would write him a letter, but the letter at the top of the letter would be the caption of the pleading, and then under that it'd be the letter I wrote because I let him know I'm going to take a copy of this letter and file it into my case. And the, and the clerks will never refuse to file anything as long as you got that caption of pleading on there. Mm-hmm. They always use the right form. See, see the, them clerks, they are concerned with form. That's not their business to read your document and see what it is. They want form, okay? So when they say something that they don't know what something is or something like that, you found a bond. A fidelity, that's a bond. Put the bond on pleading paper, and then file it into your case. Yeah, we did that. You got it on pleading paper and pleading format, and they just did, did the clerk of court act like she didn't understand what it was. They said uh, to give me why, a call, why, but I was doing. Why, 
Why why would the clerk even be reading your document? We sent it to why, why, if, you got it on, if you got it on a pleading format, why is she reading your document? It's not for her to determine what that document, the contents of that document is. It's for the judge to determine. It's not for her to determine. All she needs to do is just file it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they had, they went out, went, went, went about, because uh, I, uh, I had, we had first filed it and uh, sent a certified mail with a register number on there. And we messed it up, so they had already seen it come into the courts. So that's why she was denying it and sent it back. So we sent it to the attorney general, and we never got a response back. But I was thinking that I should be – I was uh, in the uh, American uh, jurisprudence. I heard you talking about that. I went down to the law library and picked that up, and I was reading uh, – uh, uh, an article on, you know, negotiable instruments and uh, stuff like that. And uh, I was seeing, uh, you know, the tra- it had a, a section in there about transfer of title. And, you know, they just didn't honor the, They just don't, don't want to honor the documents. Well, I would need to see the documents, number one. I mean, a lot of people come in and they'll talk about what their documents have and, and say, I'm a, let, me, let, let me just be brutally honest with you right now. I see a lot of documents where um, there's a lot of misspelling, bad sentence, uh, bad sentence, uh, bad grammar, bad sentence structure, um, uh, not the right format uh, for the court. Uh, they using any type of pleading paper, something you know, like in California, they got the numbers on the side. Here in Georgia, we don't. You don't put numbers on the side here in, in Georgia. You know, just a lot of things. They don't follow simple rules. Of, um, of of the court uh, when they put in their paperwork and different things like that, they just do they just throw it together any kind of way and think everybody's supposed to accept it the way it is. And all of these courts operate off rules, especially the clerks. So the clerks, I have never had a problem filing anything with the clerks. I've never had a problem filing anything. I, I uh-huh. wait a minute, I had a problem. I had a problem one time. I was trying to put in some. Um, I was trying to put in. Uh, I'm gonna tell you exactly what it was. I was filing. Um, I was filing. Uh, uh, um, claim the name. It's what Rob Ryder is talking about. It was. Um, it, the, it, it was. It was on real estate. It was claiming some property to real estate or something. Getting your title, the deed of trust. It's claiming the claiming the deed. And mm-hmm. I, when I went in there, the the, uh, the clerks didn't want to accept it. So I told the clerk, I said, look, I'm going to go uh, do X, Y, and Z, but when I come back, I want all your oath of office. The clerk stopped me, and she told me, Mr. Jones, all I need you to do is hand me the paperwork in the right order. It wasn't yeah. anything wrong with the paperwork. I just didn't have it in the right order. You got They will file it in the order that you give it to them, and it has to be in that order. That will cause them not to file your paperwork, too. They have to file it in the exact order you give it to them. Uh, and it has to be in the correct order. So there are a lot of, and, and they will not tell you that because they cannot give you legal advice. However, I have in that one case that clerk did, she told me what was up when I threatened that I was going to come back and ask them for the uh, oath of office and bond. And she didn't want to go through all that. She just said, Ms. Jones, come here. All you to do is put this in the right order. That was it. I'm like, damn, I'm going to raise hell. That's all it was. And that's a lot of times y'all raising hell over something. It's some simple thing. It ain't what you think it is. It's some simple thing. And, you know, that's what, but me, myself, that was the only time I had a problem. And then that was corrected. I haven't had, and then after she showed me that, 
Every time I came in and did that for somebody else, never had a problem filing it. Never had a problem filing it. Never. Not one time. Okay. So Now, if I wanted to... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. If I had to... Uh, wanted to file something with the clerk, like uh, anything, uh, like any uh, documents that I wanted to file because I'm doing a lot of uh, disputes and stuff like that, and I wanted to want, want, want the uh, clerk to be, like, backing it, like, getting getting them. Uh, why, y'all disputing, why y'all disputing anything? Why are you disputing? I mean, we do secure party. We don't dispute. Okay. Secure parties don't dispute. They don't dispute nothing. So you might be on the wrong radio show for that. I'm, I'm, number I'm, one. I'm, I'm, I'm learning. I'm trying to learn on this. I, I don't want to rush into. I don't want to rush into something that I really don't fully understand because I'm I'm, I'm getting it, uh, into the negotiable instruments uh, part of this uh, process, and I'm trying to right. fully understand okay. that before I send anything out. Like I see. Uh, uh, like uh, codes on there, so I try to look up everything that I'm I, I got I'm putting on these documents before I send them send them off because I don't want to be held liable for doing something that's wrong. Well, I mean, why are you gonna be liable for what? I mean, I mean, well, when you're doing a, when you're doing a negotiable instruments and doing any of your processes, first of all, you shouldn't be putting any codes on any of your stuff because it's private. You can use what's in the code, but you don't cite the code. Because the codes all have principles contained in them. And when you understand those principles and everything, you can understand that they come from the common law. Right? Those codes all have principles. It's the principle that what you are putting in place inside your paperwork, not the code says you don't have to cite the code. For instance, like silence is acquiescence. Right? Silence is acquiescence. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, I know that. All right. All right well, here in Georgia... We got a code for that. All right. It's called Fade Answer. A business letter. I'm gonna read it to you. Okay, it's OCG it's OCGA twenty four four twenty three. All right. Presumption from failure to answer business letter. OCGA twenty four dash four dash twenty three. And the ordinary course of business, when good faith requires an answer, so we're talking about equity, I it is the duty of the party receiving a letter from another to answer within a reasonable time. Otherwise, he is presumed to admit the propriety of the acts mentioned in the letter of his correspondent and adopt them. And this is what you put in your correspondence also, that if you fail to answer, I, it will be, it will be, a, it will be a, there will be an operational presumption that you have accepted and adopted everything in the contents of this correspondence. I, this is what we get to into when we're talking about doing an administrative process and then we, which we are not arguing. We are getting what is called a stipulation of what the facts are. And you can receive a stipulation based off a answer. So right here we see a principle. Now, I'm not going to use this. I might, I might even put the words in this statute in my correspondence, but I'm not going to cite OCGA 24423. I don't have to. Because yeah. this this is a common law principle, okay. and that's what the statutes do. They brought, they borrow from the common law. They are a reflection of the common law, the artificial world. They are copying the real world. Okay, and that's what I understand about statutes. Okay, but 
you don't you using common law principles and everything is contained in your correspondence. So you're not going to get in any type of uh, trouble or something unless you use something there, like using a negotiable instrument. The number one thing I'm going to tell you to stay away from is don't put no routing numbers on it. Don't put that this is issued under the authority of the United States or something like that. Don't put certain things on there. Just make private. What you ought to do is read the United Nations Conference on International Trade Law and Bills of Exchange and Promissory Notes. Read those first six articles and make sure all that is on there. And that's all you need to have on there because those are the only elements that are necessary. Anything else that you add on there is an unne- is an unnecessary uh, some unnecessary surplusage that's being put into the document. Doesn't serve any purpose. So. Only thing is, it has to be a negotiable instrument. What do I need on this document to make it negotiable? That's it. That's it. You're not gonna get in trouble. Yeah, I just wanna wanna cover all all everything because you know I'm new to this and I never sent nothing out like that. So I wanna first right. be sure about what I'm doing and, and just like you say, you you just go ahead and research. Like anything you tell me, I'm gonna go to the law library. I'm gonna go try to study it. And try to see what I'm doing before I do it. I just don't want to take any any information from anybody and go ahead and, and lay myself back in jail. Well, yeah, I understand that. I mean, like you're doing a what did what did what did you what you're doing? You're doing a um an injunction. All right. Well, your injunction have a bond in it. Why does your injunction have a bond in it? I, I, it says, Why does it have a bond? It was, in it? it was telling me to change the uh. It was told to me that it changed the law. I mean, the court from admiralty to equity, uh, equity jurisdiction, and they didn't have any standing to, to uh, operate in that jurisdiction. They don't have any. Well, I mean, you could. What do you mean they don't have any standing to operate in a equity? I, I, I mean, it, it, was, it was. This was. This was told to me. It was a uh, proceeding in. Uh, uh, and, and the first, it, it, it was like prop, the property defined. And it brought a couple of case laws in there, and it was saying that uh, basically, uh, what am I? Uh, it was saying that uh, the property was defined as uh, my social security number and things of that nature, a non-resident alien, not involved in commerce. And then they broke down uh, to a fidelity bond where it was basically a bond for the case and stuff like that. And it brought the uh, articles of the UCC, the transfer title, holder in due course, and uh, and a uh, fee schedule as well in there. Well, I mean, I don't know about. I mean, there's a difference. There's only four jurisdictions, right, that the Constitution has, and that's Admiralty. Uh, well, you have what common law, uh, you have equity, Admiralty, and maritime. Right. So there's a, there's some similarities between equity and Admiralty in that we talk about contracts and. Uh, and you know, and things like that, because there are contracts that are uh, uh, that Admiralty is based off of. A lot of it has, is contract related, but um, the bond is what makes me think about Admiralty, because that's almost what Admiralty consists of. That, that, that's why you confused me. You said the bond took it from Admiralty to Equity, when that's all Admiralty is about bonds. But I don't see I'm why like, that makes a difference anyway. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was actually locked up at the time, and I and I and I uh, somebody had told me something that you know that was that was going to help me get out at the time. So I was trying to go ahead, and, and, and they said he seemed to work and stuff like that, and I went and paid for it. You know, it, it it just didn't get honored, so I had to 
go about doing things. Injunction. This is what always confused me about people who bring these injunctions up. Injunctions are signed by judges. Okay. When I look at the injunction, they just put a fancy name on it. It's just a notice like any other thing in the secure party that we're using. Like a, you know, declaration of uh like a declaration of sovereignty or 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 something like a, a um affidavit of non corporate existence or you know, just things like that. I mean, it's like Okay, you're trying to get them to cease and desist, but the first thing you're doing is you're giving them some sort of notice of your status, right? which is what every process in this does. Give a, people, a person notice of, their, of your status and rebut any operational presumptions that, you, uh, that they may have about that status and to cease and desist any and all activities or X, Y, and Z will be the consequence. Now, the fee schedule is that you're putting in there Okay, you go and crack in the code, they got a fee schedule. Got crack in the code, got a, t- a tight-ass fee schedule for using the name, for violation of the using of the name. My common-law copyrighted name is $500,000 per incident. And I'm going to conduct an administrative process against them that's going to allow me to put a lien against their property. I mean, it's bad as hell what they got in there. But I look at all these other processes, and all of them, all they are like offshoots and, you know, it's like nobody is really coming up with nothing that nobody ain't did before. People are d- changing the methodology. Right? Methods of many, principles of few. The principles don't change. The principles are there isn't any money. There's no money. There's a public and private. They don't mix. You have to stay in on at all costs. To get equity, you must do equity. You have to have clean hands. You have to operate in good faith. All right, to get equity, all right, and don't participate in public controversy. If there's a controversy, that's a jury trial or a bench trial. Period. Everything that we're doing is going to go back to those four things. Show me something that doesn't. Are you following me? Hope I hope I didn't lose them. Oh, they got dropped. I don't know how they got dropped off. But they got dropped. But it's four, everything goes back to those four things. I don't understand. You know? All right, let's get back to the phone lines, man. Let's get back to the phone lines. I don't know how, what happened. 313 You're on the line. 313 code. Hey, Yusuf, this is uh, Dante Muhammad. How's it going, man? I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Hey, listen, I don't know how I got in queue, but, uh, hey, man, I was just I was just along for the ride. So I, I really didn't want anything. I'm just I'm just enjoying the show, man. Okay. All right. Okay, brother. All right. Thank you for All calling right. in. Peace, guys. Peace, peace. All right. Let me go down here. 
You talking about my Facebook group? You talking about the Facebook group? I can't hear you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. People get kicked out in the Facebook group for a little bit of nothing. I, you know, so you probably did get kicked out. What, what did you do? They got Uh-oh. you kicked out. When I can't hear you now, say it again. In your moderator, we're debating about what is, and she stated something about, uh, like as far as the the testimony and. And I was trying to explain to her that, like, whenever people like say in drugs for the court for drugs, they Oh, the moderator, one of moderators, yeah. I, I will yeah. plot to get back. Uh, hit, hit me on my uh, plot to get back in. Uh, what's, what's your name? What, what was your user ID? Oh, Dexter Johnson. Dexter Johnson, all right. Just make a request to come back in. I see. I get you back in, Dexter. Dexter Johnson. All right. All right. Cause you know, Thanks, yeah, man. I will. That, like, that was my only question. I, I appreciate that. I will. Do, man. I will. Yeah, try to get back in. I, you know, I got that video right there when it first come in. You know, we we it's heavily moderated, so we don't want anything yeah. that's unrelated unrelated to the group discussion. Um. Trolls, all that kind of stuff. I got like zero tolerance. I put their ass out. Man, like, I, I've been following you since you. Uh, I know you, I, you sound familiar. You, you sound familiar. Yeah. When you said Dexter Johnson, I, I I recognize the name. That's why I said just hit me up. That probably wasn't me. That probably was one of the other moderators put you out. So, um, but just hit me up. I'll get you back in. Okay. Hey man, thank you. I appreciate it. Ah, uh, you're welcome. All right. Thank you. All right, uh, all right, y'all. Let me get back. Let's do, let's do this. Let's do eight three two five five four eight eight three two five five four eight. Mic check, mic check. There you go. You in now? I got you. What's happening? Okay, wonderful, wonderful. Um. I, I wish I was. Uh, uh, I've been in and out the queue. Uh, you know, I'm having some phone. If I get dropped, I get dropped. Uh, but this is. A, it seems like it's a perfect show for exactly where I'm at in my comprehension of, you know, managing my affairs and and exactly where I'm at in my echelon of of understanding in this school of thought. Right. Um. <clears throat> The question, well, okay, to understand, let me just give a synopsis real quick of, of exactly what I'm understanding about where I'm at. And the beginning of my administrative process, so to speak, was the was the actual secured party uh, process in which I established a, uh, you know, an exemption account, if you would, or, uh, you know, and gave them, you know, made, we made a contractual agreement. Um, right. So, okay, so we have that established, and that, and that to me is the foundation of my administrative process in which in any occasion a presentment comes by, that's, that, that's the, the, the documents in which I lean on in order to, to further ex- explain you know my standing in the matter as a authorized representative and things of that nature right so 
So, so these okay. are the, that's why that's why it's important for me to first put those types of uh, documents um, in the record, so that way you know um, any third party um, you know judge or so to speak. I don't believe that I've had the opportunity to be in front of a judge. However, I, you know, I've I've been <clears throat> I've been um, I, let's just say I've been bamboozled by the Wizards Light Show. So right. That, 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 you know, so there's been right. times where I I believe that I was in front of a judge, but the, the, you know, okay. So my last experience, let me just say that one of the few things, the first words that came out of my mouth. Uh, you know, because the judge asked me who I was. Uh, you know, uh, you know, he asked me if I was Martin Daniel Martinez or whatever. You know, the case may be. And you know, and they constantly, you know, and so I, 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 just, I resonate fully going through this experience about what you're talking about. You know, whenever when you mentioned earlier, you know, they ask you every day if 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 you if you're a U.S. citizen because yeah, you know, cause, <laughs> because I. I purposely made my 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 private name different than my than my uh inslegious uh right. so that I would not be confused by their words you know when right. they're ask when they're asking me questions right so so um so so we put these things on the record and uh you know so to to substantiate so that way when we go inside these venues you know we're not. You know we're, we shouldn't be hitting them by surprise, because you know, hey man, I I, I don't gave you notice that I was going to show up. You know, right. uh, we we're, we put a bond on the record to ensure to ensure ourselves to give us the you know the because nobody has a right to be in a in an admiralty court, right? So you know we we're, we're bonded. So we did that so that so you you know so I I've come to a point where. I believe that. Well, you know, there's there's been so it's my, one of my first few cases. Let me just say that uh, that I'm handling on my own, uh, and I believe that there may have been some a little bit of holes in the process in which I've I've gone through. You know, I don't, I, you know, so I believe that I could do a better job with the notary. And let me, you know, so there was one one time where you said, "Hey, if your notary doesn't, you know, uh, have a record book, you shouldn't, you should probably shouldn't be messing with them." And stuff like that. Well, you know, my notary doesn't keep copies of, he, of of all the things that I'm doing and stuff like that. So if I, I don't believe that I can call this dude and say, hey, you know, hey, uh, do you remember those documents that you know? Do you do you have a copy of that? I need a copy. You know what I mean? So. Uh, well, it's up to you. It's your responsibility to make sure you keep copies. It's not the notary's right. responsibility. That would be kind of like a. A benefit that the notary is extending to you, but you know, like when I go to a notary, I, I make three copies of everything, and I get them to notarize all three copies. And I, like I said earlier in the show, one copy is to put in the court, one copy is to take with me into court, and then one copy is to put home in the safe in case the other something happens to the other two. You know, so you know, so that that's kind of like uh, everything in three. Three is a magic number. And, uh, you know, that's kind of how you want to do that. You know, you know, you got, especially if it's an important document, like a certificate of non-response, uh, you know, or, you know, affidavits of mailings or, you know, something to that effect that's going to constitute some sort of evidence that's going to be crucial to your uh, defense. 
or or prosecution or whatever, I would suggest that you use three copies. That would be my suggestion. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. So, um, but they they definitely should be using a, a notarial record book. They should. They should have a notarial record because if they get held into court, that record book is going to be their evidence. They should. They should know that. You know, you can get a Pombino's notary handbook and uh, give it to them so they can educate themselves on that stuff. Yeah, the notary should have a notarial record. I mean, they sell them at Office Depot. Some right. of them at Office Depot. You know, actually, get one. Uh, actually, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so. Yeah. Um, okay, so so. So I, you know, so I've had, uh, I had these original documents that I had when, you know, and I didn't have a problem, you know, uh, going in there and filing uh, records into the case. Uh, But, you know, once again, I don't know if it was actually done because I haven't been able to receive the records. They got me on hold for that. They, they, you know, they require that you have, you request records in a, in a written form. So I, you know, I sent them, I made a nice little letter for them, took my time with it, and requested those records, and gave them what they needed. Still haven't received those records, but at the, you know, I don't know if they have a deadline on that kind of stuff, or if they're just putting me on hold just to see what I do, or whatever case. I, I guess I should look at the codes for that and see what they're running by. Mean records? You got you got what records on hold? What are you talking about now? It's a- yeah. Well, okay. So the, I. You know, I did it my administrative process, and this is a matter that's been, you know, uh, this this matter arrived long back. You know, and I, it's been a good six months since I've done my six, six, seven, eight months since I've done a secured party process. Haven't really used much of the of the, you know, uh, you haven't really used a, the secured party process because I never. Had a, you didn't have a reason to do so until this like a warrant popped up, right? Good. So I got this. Huh? That's good. That's good. You don't have to use it all the time. That's good. But go right. ahead. Right. So right. So I haven't had to use it or anything like that. And and uh, meanwhile, I'm sharpening my skills. Where I get this warrant pull up out of nowhere, but it wasn't signed or anything like that. But I'm thinking, hey, I'm a secure party. I'm not gonna, you know, have somebody verify some fictitious stuff anyway. Let me just go ahead and and accept it for value and do a banker's acceptance. And uh, you know, so I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, you know, I, you know, all all the things that I feel that I should be thinking to myself, like, you know, uh, what I just did was I accepted the claim or the lien that that is against my property, uh, and I can go over there and show that. You know, I have paramount interest. I'm the paramount interest holder, and that's why I'm here. Here's my power of attorney. Uh, you know, there's no reason why I shouldn't be. I shouldn't have my time in court. You know, it. it you know, so that's how it was for me. And um, well, when I went in the courthouse and I actually showed my presence there, uh, you know, the judge didn't know who I was, and um, he he kept asking me if I was the name that was on his um, docket and in which I wasn't. And by the third time he asked me, he just told, you know, the, uh, you know, I, I think what maybe I went, have went wrong is, is I actually answered his question. He asked me if I was, uh, you know, cause the first two times he asked me who I was, the thing that came out of my mouth was my, you know, my script. Cause you know, I'm in a public venue. I'm a private individual, right? Oh, well, I'm a private, yeah, but- uh, yeah. You know, okay, so, but here, let me so interrupt I, you. Okay. Go ahead. Let me interrupt you. 
you didn't answer to the name because first of all, the name answering to the name can be done in many different ways. Not giving them well, that I, name. I, is, my response was, I'm the holder in due course uh, here as a third party intervener making a special appearance on the, you know, for the depend uh, for as an authorized representative for the defendant. However, I had submitted an affidavit of identity which contained. My name inside the inside what is, the what record. Did, what did they say? What did they say to you when you said that? When you when you said all of that? What happened? They said they didn't know what I was. They said they looked the the judge or the administrator that was pretending to be a judge. And at the time, I thought he was a judge. And um, and I and I guess I should go through my procedure in court a little better, um, because I didn't lead with what is your name? Like who are you asking me who I am? Which is probably what I should have did. Got him to establish his name and all that kind of business. But before we can go any further, about the third time he asked me, I told him, no, sir, I am not Martin Daniel Martinez, which is which is the name that, that I, the matter that I was there regarding. Nah, nah, nah. And, nah. Listen, listen. And then I said, I'm, the whole, I'm, the, I'm an authorized representative here as a third that, party. That's fine, but, you know, you know, saying I'm not that name is an argument. Okay, when he asked right. you for your name, when he asks you for your name, now, like, when I come in and I say, let me give you some clarification. When I come in and I establish myself, right, that's like if the judge come in, he's just talking to me, you know. I don't have no conversation with them because when you answer, okay, yes, that, that, is, that establishes some sort of jurisdiction. You don't want to – attorneys even tell you that. Attorneys will tell you, look, don't go in there, don't talk, don't say nothing. They'll tell you don't say anything. There's a reason why they're telling you that. Don't talk. Okay, so but in the case where you have to represent yourself, you're going to have to talk, giving them the name you can answer to. If he asks you for your name, uh, I'd be more than happy to accept um, your offer of communication. Uh, The name that you have just stated uh, is my property. Uh, It is spelled at blah, 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 uppercase, lowercase, uppercase, lowercase, yada, 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 yada. And I'm here as a third party intervener making a special appearance as an authorized representative to protect the interest as a paramount interest holder to protect the interest in said property. I'm not here to dispute any facts, Your Honor, in this case. What I am here is for settlement and closure. So I'm making my exemption available for discharge of all obligations and charges connected with this case. I do not dispute any of the charging instruments. Please use my exemption for offset and adjustment of the public charges against the defendant and release the order of the court to me immediately. Now, if you don't understand that, okay, he's incompetent. Because everything in there that I said can be explained. Additionally, uh, number one, what are you in there for? Is it some sort of traffic ticket? Is it a criminal case? Why is it traffic um, is it some sort of death? A traffic ticket. I know you're asking in general. You're, 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 you're having. You're, you're basically saying we need, we need to analyze what we are in there. What the purpose? Yeah, what are you in there I, for? Because if it's yeah. a traffic ticket, I don't even go into all of that. I just tell the judge, I say, look, John, I'm about to pay this with a promissory note. Where I direct me where I, who I need to tender this to. I talk like that on tra- traffic tickets. Is like I don't take that because you it, it's a criminal action, but you're not in, involved in any life changing type of circumstance. So it's right. like when I come in there, it's like uh, you know, I say, well, you know, it's a traffic ticket. It's gonna be 140 dollars, Yana. I'll be more than happy. Uh, to uh, satisfy that obligation, I have a promissory note right here, sir. Uh, right. Could you please uh, direct me where who the person is that I need to tender this to? You know, something like that. And then if he give me anything, if he say anything 
right, that's when I hit him with, I'm sorry, sir, you willfully violating public policy, you know, because public policy is very clear on this matter. You cannot be, I cannot be required to pay any debt in any particular form of cash currency or specie or currency. You can't require me to use Federal Reserve notes. Federal Reserve notes is a private bank. All right. I can issue anything. I can tell anything for that. All right. So that is what that see, that is why that's how you stay in honor too. What I'm saying about this is staying in honor. They, this is a creditor and debtor. The creditor always wins. So you want to put yourself in the position of the creditor at all times. All right. And you put yourself in a position by creditor, of course, filing a bond. The bond covers all, anything that can happen in the case. All right. And then tendering whatever the obligation is, satisfying that obligation. Now, if we want to get into an argument about is my instrument a valid instrument, that's a whole nother issue. Okay. The issue is that I've taken care of the obligation. Now you want to sit here and argue with me about the value and validity of my instrument without processing it correctly and then waiting 10 days for it to come back with some sort of defect and then contacting me and letting me know there's a defect. All right. That's what it is. All right. So, you know, you can't sit here and, uh, you, you know what I'm saying? So you got to kind of right. know what, you gotta, what, what you by the rules. So we got rules here that we're, that we're we got going by. Got rules about this, but you don't need to be caught up with the name and all that shit. You know what I'm saying? Not in right. a situation like that. Right. They didn't like get that. any further than that. And and I was, you know, in my mind, I'm sitting here. I'm covered. There's no reason that I that that you know, unless I'm held in contempt or some other something like that. You know, I you know I, you know there's this warrant that they see that they that they you know that you know they're looking at this warrant and they're you know and and their mind that that gives them you know but you know on the warrant paper they'll tell you. You know, like the the municipal court is a safe harbor, right? So that gets you to go in there comfortably or what what have you for for the for the sheeple. And you know, so I'm going in there and you know, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, I got my I'm 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 covered by my bond. I've I've accepted this this uh this presentment. You know, I'm just going in there for a judicial review. And, right. You know, and and my. Uh, you know, because my process is, is 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 you know I've covered my grounds, I've exhausted my uh, my my remedy, and I've come here. Uh, you know, I've come in good faith and clean hands. What well, a judge couldn't get past the damn, you know, who are you? You know, and I'm sitting here. I told him many times that he was I was an authorized representative. I gave him the spill, and one and one out you know one out of those times I actually, you know, answered his question with a yes or a no. And it was a no, and maybe possibly the reason why I left in handcuffs uh, from that from that five minutes of a of an appearance that I was well, able what to. Wait a minute, what what did he arrest you for? What did they arrest you for? Why they, they, they say you didn't? Well, they told me they like well, well, you can sit in jail while we figure out who you know the said name is. And yeah, so you know what? And, and that's why you need to study admiralty because that is all admiralty right there to compel an appearance. The first thing to compel an appearance is the arrest of the debtor. I right, so they will do that. So you know you don't have to get into no that that's old school not answering to the name. I right, they right. long so, since come up with ways to uh you know try to circumvent that. Give them the name. I. Right? If you want well, that's to spell I just, it, I didn't do uh, in a, in a, in a, after a couple of days of not eating and, and not drinking in jail, man. Because I, you know, I, I got to a point. You know, they, they every day they came in. You know, the the jailers they doing their little job, and every time they would ask me for 
my name, I would tell them that I was the authorized representative. And one time, you know, some lady was, you know, she was, they, they was trying to intimidate me. And one of the things I told her is that I reserve my right to maintain security interest in my name. You know, and and after right. I said, after I said that, you know, I felt like, well, what is different? You know, I could that that's okay for me to say that in the court. I, I, I should there, there's no law that says I have to. You know, I, I gave them what they needed privately, and and it's on public record. Well, in, to my knowledge, it's public record because I went in there. Huh? Well, what they do is you, they're trying to get you to make an appearance. I, an appearance means to subject yourself to the jurisdiction of the court. You hadn't made an appearance yet. Um, so they're trying to make get you to make an appearance. And like I said, as a secure, you got to think about this. As a secure party, you're not there to argue. You're the, A secure party's only job is to set off debt. That's your only job. Say, look. Well, Harmony. I want settlement and closure. I mean, let me, where is the instrument? Let me sign this shit and let me get the fuck up out of here. Okay, that's all you want to go. You want to be doing is like where there isn't any money. Get that wrapped around y'all's head. Ain't no damn money. Federal Reserve notes is not money. That's a medium of exchange. It's not. You go to the Treasury Department website to tell you that. Modern Money Mechanics will tell you that. I right? you'll see that it is not money. It's a medium of exchange. I right? it's something that everyone in society has agreed uh, to use in exchange for goods and services, but it has no intrinsic value whatsoever. I right, so when so when you give them a negotiable instrument to offset so I, I there used to be this one case where a person actually wanted going went into court and he beat the bank because uh they tendered a negotiable instrument and the judge told the bank that they were bankers and they shouldn't know how to monetize a negotiable instrument. I've been looking for that case for the longest and everything. I couldn't believe, you know, it's amazing. How, this was in 2010. It's amazing how you see stuff. And I never would have visioned myself being on the radio 10 years later, but I just, a lot of stuff I just didn't value. Um, whereas I needed to keep it on my computer or something back then. Uh, like I did today, like I do today. But that, I always remembered what that judge said. The judge told him, he said, look, y'all are a financial institution. Y'all should know how to monetize a negotiable instrument. And they should know how to monetize a negotiable instrument. You know, they have the court registry investment system. The court registry investment system is uh, title. You can read all about it. If you want to understand what's going on at these courts, it's called Chris, the court registry investment system. And they have regulations for that as well. And you can see very clearly when you start studying this, I like I'm reading one right now. Uh, yeah, this is very every court every court case makes money from the court through the Federal Reserve by Michael James Anthony. Let me read this to y'all real quick. Let me read this to y'all. Listen, it's, only, it's real. It's not very long, but I want you y'all to hear this. Friend, is there no end to the unjust enrichment? New concept to the credit of the court and deposit into the court's registry made through depositories authorized to accept deposits on behalf of the Treasury Department of the United States. Each case has its own account, and that's what those case numbers are, their account numbers. And the clerk is the custodian of the account. Gives new meaning to the phrase, the business of the court. It ain't justice, that's for sure. Here you go. Collins and Tables tell the story of the CRIS, the Court Registry Investment System. 
It's a freaking money machine. See attachment and search results below. It's frighteningly real. Legalized plunder. And this isn't a conflict of interest and a financial interest how. Do you think that they're do you think that they are paying taxes on the total aggregate income received or the income earned? Rhetorical question. Court Registry Investment System, 2,690 results. Okay, so now we got, um, in, in the above link, it says, text from the first link from New Hampshire, U.S. District Court, local rules. And that's uh, local rule 67.2, deposits of registry funds into interest-bearing accounts. Uh, and you can read that as real interesting. Other investment instruments. I mean, it's got the whole thing outlined out here. And then you got 28 uh, uh uh, here's uh, under Title 28, uh, subsection 2041, deposits of money in pending or adjudicated cases. All monies paid into any court of the United States are received by the officers thereof in any case pending or adjudicated in such court shall be forthwith deposited with the treasurer of the United States or designated depository in the name and to the credit of such court. This Okay, so right here it already tells you where it's supposed to go. This is why we're putting our bond on file with the Treasury Department. And also, every time you discharge a debt, you send notice to the Treasury Department because that's where everything is going through the Treasury Department. All right, so they're supposed to be expecting those funds. If I give the court a bill of exchange, it's telling you right here under Title 28 where it has to go. It has to go to the fucking Treasury Department. And we already got a bond on file with the Treasury Department. So I, I'm not understanding what they don't understand when you look in Title 28 and into their rules. It tells you that they're doing all of this shit. I'm not making this up. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that goddamn creative. I'm not making none of this up. They can deny it to the cows come home. You can read about it somewhere. Oh, you can verify it. It's all commercial. It's all commercial. This is all about liens, bonds, all of that, because there ain't no money. When it, when there's no money, what else can you use except promises to pay and, and, and try to get an interest in somebody else's property through a lien so you can create a bond? This is all about debt is being used as money, and that is a problem because most people can't wrap that concept around their head. It takes a little time. They know it intellectually because they see Federal Reserve notes are promissory notes, but they really can't understand how the impact, how, how the far-reaching impact of that is all across the financial landscape. Ain't no fucking gold and silver. There's nothing of substance in the system. Everything is credit-based. Credit, debt, and taxes. Everything is dealing with that. Money is behind everything. Some form of value. Some some form of enrichment. Somebody trying to enrich themselves at your expense. So, I, you know, it's like, yeah, they're going to get in there and they're going to act like they don't know what you're talking about. You may arrest you for contempt or something right. like that, but that don't make oh, it I not true. It. I can the whole thing was it, it, I could feel, I could feel that they were 
testing me, like you're saying, like, do you know what you were, like, do you do you know what the documents are, you know, in the case, if they okay. even read it, because the judge was, I asked the judge specifically, after he asked me the second time who I was, I, I asked him, have you read the documents, like, on the, on the record, and he said no, and right after he said no, he asked me, like, real intensely again, and that's when I, you know, and when I thought about it on the way to jail, I was like, he wasn't, because judges only could act, or, you know, they can only judge from what's on the record. So I didn't expect to have to answer any questions. <laughs> you know, to me, everything was laid out simply, you know what I mean? And, and it, it just, it, it struck me uh, by surprise that that happened, even though you've, you've, you've warned me many times, I just, anyway, so I had to experience it myself, and that's what happened. The question now... It is good to experience it. I, I mean, I don't see anything absolutely. wrong with it because you're gonna make you're gonna make mistakes, and well, you know, it, does, mistake. it, it put me in position to understand other people's position. You know, because right. I had some I had some friends that worked as jailers that they seen me in there and they knew that they know what's up. They know that I'm not a, a human to be in there, but at the same time, they they know what standards I live by, and they had to do certain things that they didn't want to do. You know, they didn't want to come in there and see me in that type of position. So not, you know, we have to, you know, like you said, that there's good people and, 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 and low positions just as well as bad people, and there's good people in high positions just as well as bad, you know, as good, you know and having this experience was a, was a very opening to me. The question is for me now is, number one, did I mix, you know, out of the four rules, let me just, let me, you know, just, just, Taking the four rules that that we going by here as as creditors, did I mix public and private, and it you know and if so how bad and, and you know by because in my mind the reason that I kept saying to them that I am a you know authorized representative is because I was trying to use terminology that they should be familiar with because you know they're doing banking they are, they are right? familiar with I didn't talk to judges, and they're familiar with it. But here's the thing. Don't lose sight of what you're there to accomplish. What you're there to accomplish is the satisfaction of the obligation. You're not there to engage. You're not there to engage them in some sort of argument. You try to get in and out as fast as possible without raising too many eyebrows. All right? So, so they, the thing so is, is like, you know. They in jail, and they want me to think that that's the way that it's going to be. See, but I don't. I, I, and they took the warrant off. They lifted the warrant. They sat me in jail, and they and they did it as if I agreed to being, uh, you know, the ends legis, which I, you know, to me, the whole time that's I'm a superior going through. That's what a that's what a, that's what a five phase is. That's a five phase. So when they it's F I F A, and what five phase means is you have caused to be done. You caused this to happen, and what that is is that seizure of someone to be held as payment of a debt. All right, so you can look up the word fife. You know, fife is short for fiera facius, which is a Latin term, which is what they use to execute on judgments when somebody's found guilty in a criminal matter. All right, so, you know, and y'all can look this up. I, I, I learned it, learned it from reading OCGA 1711-1 here in Georgia. You pull that off the shelf, read the judge, read the, uh, and read all the judgment. Uh, he must have got disconnected. And read the judgment. Don't lose sight. He got he got disconnected, but I want to tell him, don't lose sight of what you're there for. What you're there for is satisfaction of the debt. You're not there to argue about your name. You're not there to argue about anything. You're there as a secure party to satisfy the obligation to set off the uh, set off the obligation. That's staying honorable. 
like I'm here, I'm here to honor the court. If they want to get into some sort of argument as to whether or not your instrument is ba- has any value to it, that's something totally different, which is really not the place of the court to engage in. Okay? So you stay in honor. One of them is standing on in all calls and standing on in all calls. Okay, you're being drafted for performance. Perform. Give them what they want. They're your public servants. They bankrupt. Hey, y'all, with that being said, that's it for me today. I will be back on again tomorrow morning at the same time, 10 o'clock, 10 a.m. Tonight at SBC University at 9 p.m., there will be a webinar. So make sure if you are a member of SBC that you are signed into your account. It doesn't matter if you're a silver, gold, or platinum member. All levels are, have, will have access to the webinar. All right? I do it every Tuesday and Thursday at 9 p.m. Okay? And with that being said, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the hottest radio network on the planet. I ought to play some old school. I ought to play some old school uh, time zone on y'all and everything. I'm just some old school stuff right now, you know. I'm going to play my man and everything, though. Peace to all the gods and goddesses. Um, hold on, let me make sure I got this. Yeah, let me make sure I got this. And I'm gonna play, I'm play, play for play for y'all and everything. Peace to all the gods and goddesses. I will see y'all tomorrow. All right. Peace. See you tomorrow. This is a warning, another cut to move on. Another beat that's so strong, hold on and I get wicked and then some stir up shit as the wit gets wisdom. P-Dog coming up, I'm straight low, pro-black and it ain't no joke. Coming straight from the mob that broke shit last time, now I'm back with a brand new sick grind. So black check time and tempo, revolution ain't never been simple. Following the path of my one for no just build your brain and we'll soon make progress. Page your dues, don't snooze or lose. They came with the master plan and got you, so know who's opposed to the dominant dark skin. Food for thought is a law for the brother. P-Dog with a gift from heaven, tempo 116.7, keeps you locked in time with the program, when I get wild I'll pile on dope jams, then spit on your flag and government, cause help the black was a concept never meant, nigga please food stamps and free cheese, can't be the cure for a sick disease, just the way the devil had planned it, raped and pillaged everyone on the planet, and give them fake gods at odds with all law, love thy enemy and all that hoopla, hear close to words I wrote, crack cocaine and genocide of black folk, cool when they right mind never could have missed this, damn right when you think seditious, and I move swiftly, you can't get with me, the triple six move quick but miss me, when I came off involved in conscious, so don't ask why next time I start this <laughs> Allow me to free 
common sense A defense the next time I peek Try to step to this Listen, never let someone whoop on you They don't belong to the set you from you Can't be intrigued by the leads of pig lead Unless you don't give a fuck to be free Keep stomping on them, keep stomping Attitude, but I ain't from Compton I can't be fucked around, I'm muffed around I can't be held down, check the sound And keep in tune on point on target The revolution won't be thwarted A setback cause my man is plain to see Must in a white supremacy So let the rhythm roll on when I kick this Brother's gonna work it out with a quickness And now you know just why a panther went crazy The devil made me Pentagon with 
Sleep was not an act of randomness. It murdered accountants, bookkeepers, and budget analysts. That side of the building was retrofitted prior to this to withstand bomb blast, the nickname that catches me. If that gon' give you some kind of clue why they blew the mortar, maybe you should take some medication for your new disorder. If buildings are burning, don't ever trust a news reporter with 267 stories of gruesome slaughter. Don't ever mention Dove Zakim and trillion stolen, much less missile equipped Boeing's even remote controlling with system planning corporation international. The folks to see if you got some buildings you'd like to crash into. But that's impossible without the proper capital. That's why I'm asking you what you would do with unimaginable wealth. So much money you can't delve in it. Enough to buy 10 presidents and 12 senators. You can get unlimited corporate news. That's right. You can have any mercenary you choose. All night. You can steal a couple million souls. Indeed. Money, dummy. What can I get with two 